find your favorite order at your favorite fast food restaurant. Let's pick, uh, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? Probably In-N-Out or Carl's. All right, let's do favorite order Mm -hmm. at In-N-Out. Give it to me. So favorite order at In-N-Out is the number one with cheese, even though I'm lactose intolerant, (laughs) and uh, just a Diet Coke. Okay. Nice. Any fries? Mm, Yeah. But I never, you know, it's funny. I order it, but then I don't eat it. You just leave them? I just leave it. You're just like looking at them, huh? Yeah. They don't taste good. You know, I mean, I think they taste great. It's just, you know, when you got love handles, you got to lose them. (laughs) So you're just kind of like, you know, I'll just smell it. (laughs) I like. Like, Do you ever get the shakes? I mean, if I have a shake, I'm going to get the shakes because I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, that's right. Uh, right. So I can't do the shakes. Mm. We had somebody lactose tolerant on recently, and she was like, depending on the time of day, like, do I have access to a bathroom, basically, is (laughs) what she said. So she's like, nighttime, I'll get a shake. Daytime, like lunch, if I got to go back to work, no. No, (laughs) No, I mean, too much TMI. Like, I can't handle spicy food like I used Mm. to, but I love it. But if I know in the morning I got court, I got Zoom, I got whatever... (laughs) I know I'm not having that the night before. Could you imagine logging onto the Zoom and he's like on the toilet? And he's <laughs> like, sweating. <laughs> Hold on, guys. I'm muted. Flush. <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, no. So you got you to gotta be, gotta be careful with my diet. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your host, Venture. I'm Hannah. And we have a great episode for you today. Go ahead and tell us your name and where you're from. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Aria, and uh, I'm from the streets. No, (laughs) I grew up in California, living in Vegas now. Yeah. We've been trying to set this up for a little while now. I know just kind of timing... I had a car that broke down. We weren't coming back to Vegas as much. Now mm. we got, we're mobile again. So yeah. as soon as we're back out here and it cooled off, because I wasn't coming out here in the summer to be podcasting. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. And yeah. I think that's what people don't realize. Like there's only three months out of the year where this place is just burning. Yeah. The rest of the time, like, I mean, it feels like Long Beach. It feels like Newport. Mm-hmm. I just walked outside and I'm getting hit by breeze. And mm-hmm. But we are at a higher elevation right now. So Right. The cool part, though, is I love the heat, but since we've been together, like, it's just crazy that I come back, and I used to just play basketball all day, like mm-hmm. 106 out on the concrete, just playing on the blacktop, but I come back now, and I'm like, I'm either in a pool or in AC. Mm-hmm. I just can't hang. There's nothing. I'll do the cold. I grew up in the cold, so I'll do the cold, but I can't do the heat. Yeah. Hannah's I from can't. Sweden, so. Oh, no way. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm okay with the cold, like, I'll because you can put clothes on, and, like, you'll feel good, but when it's hot out. Like, you can't be running around naked on the streets, obviously, but, and even then, you're still, like, burning, so it's, like, there's no way to avoid it. See, that's what I always say, too, but I think people get creeped out when I say it versus when you say it, (laughs) because I always tell people, I'm like, look, here's the thing, if it's cold outside, I can put on more clothes, and it's good, but if it's hot outside and I take all my clothes off, I'm going to get arrested. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, well, thank you for having us. This is definitely a cool spot. What I wanted to have you on and the reason why I was so attracted to you in the first place is because you posted something, I think even a year ago, that basically was something along the lines of like, if my younger self could see how like my life is today and the Mm -hmm. career that I've been able to build. Do you remember posting something like this? I would be so impressed and like thankful or something like that. Yeah, I I don't really remember posting it, but I remember thinking it Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. And that was something to where I, it was just, it hit me at the perfect time because I'd just gotten out of school. I just started my career in finance. I just basically was kind of like the young pup in the office and still am obviously, but like, just, is this the right path for me to take? And then seeing somebody like you who I could 
kind of break that wall with you know what i mean just like oh yeah you talk shit you're yourself and you're not some like weird sleazy you know what i mean like lawyer type like you're not who i see when i think of like a lawyer you seem like somebody that i could actually open up with and talk to and i thought that was really unique and that's the funny thing because i don't like lawyers either (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's just i mean there's definitely good people out there but some of them are just I don't know, either they're drinking too much Kool-Aid, they got too much of a big chip on their shoulder. But, mm-hmm. you know, we had a saying in law school, you're like, if you got like the A's, you're going to become professors. If you got B's, you're going to become like judges and legislatures. You get a C in your grade point average, you're going to make all the money. Mm-hmm. And it really makes sense because those A and B students, yeah, they're very brilliant. They're great writers. They're great analytical thinkers. But do they know how to talk to people? Right. Because I've definitely been in situations where I'm sitting with somebody who is 10 times more knowledgeable than I am on something. But once they're explaining something to the person, you can just kind of see it goes in one ear, out the other. And I know what it feels like to pretend you know what you're listening to. You don't want to sound dumb in front of somebody super intelligent. Mm -hmm. So then I would chime in and say what my super intelligent friend is trying to tell you here is... ABC. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. Yeah. And so it, it's necessary. Like, people need to just talk like humans and not be a textbook. Yeah. Has that ever been an issue at all? Um, being a little bit more just open and cool and just, just more and more, more of a person? It depends. Um, so first off, the number one answer that any attorney says is it depends. Everything depends. <laughs> um, to the point where I literally said that on an Instagram post and I think it got like a couple hundred like likes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh So it's pretty, it's pretty impressive word. But, um, so I'm very casual Mm -hmm. and I have to remember sometimes when I'm in court to turn off the casual. And so I have to sometimes prep myself to be like, okay, today when you go in here, you're not going to say for sure, your honor, like I have before. (laughs) (laughs) And when they're like, oh, your millennial is showing. Um, But when it comes to interactions with clients, it actually more often than not has been a good thing Mm -hmm. because now they say the same thing you just did where it's like, I feel like I can talk to you and be more open. And my thing is, is I'm not here to BS people. Like what we do in our office is we get settlements for injured people in car accidents. And, you know, we have to also be able to read them correctly to be like, is this person faking it? Is this person just trying to go out there and make money? Because there's attorneys who'll take that, but we won't. Mm -hmm. Because it's not worth our reputation to get smeared. Right. Um, It's better to have that authentic self with your clients as well as with defense counsel. So when a file lands on their desk, they go, oh, it's Aria and Tim. These guys don't BS. If they're claiming that this person has the injury, they may really have the injury. Now, can we get away with not paying as much as we did before? Mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, is it something that they just have to work it up, try to find their defenses and then eventually settle it? So, But clients, you know, the older clients, they sometimes don't like the casual. So, like, you can just tell they're looking for more of that traditional, I'm in a suit. Mm. Like, I had somebody one time, he was a little bit older, and this kind of set the tone for me to how to dress with certain (laughs) clients. Like, I'll come in in jeans and a V-neck. Right. You know, I'm like, I'm not in court. Yeah. And uh, 
the the guy says to me he's like oh you're not in a suit and i said oh i'm so sorry your honor i had no ideas before the bench (laughs) you know he laughed and i said no i said realistically i want you to be able to sit down and tell me everything because Mm -hmm. if i don't know your story how do i represent you right so i don't want you to be intimidated by me even if i'm 30 years younger than you Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you're here off of a referral to work with somebody 30 years younger Mm -hmm. than you Mm -hmm. so thank you for being here but we got to be chill. Right. And the younger clients, they love it the best because yeah, like bet. at the end of the day, they're like, dude, my fucking attorney. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're a fucking attorney. <laughs> I like that. And I, I'm going to get into that too. I want you to keep us on track because yeah. I'm not going to be able to keep this one on track. So I just have so many questions. We're going to end up in some weird clusterfuck. So. And it's, it's funny because I was talking to my wife about this and she's like, dude, this is going to be the longest podcast yeah. I've ever done. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. We're here for it. The cool part is mm, you, you just, you're hitting on it immediately. I came into the office, no suit, just slacks mm-hmm. and what, just the most, what, what, what am I rocking? I just think you're wearing like a, a regular dress shirt. From like H&M yeah. just because I have to wear something, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like everybody else is in a suit. You know, hey, it's Southern California. Hey, dude, what do you like? I'm already getting passive aggressive kind of like, oh, this is what you're wearing today. And it's kind of like, yeah, because if a suit made everybody millionaires in the office, why is there not a line out, out of Calvin Klein? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just like I don't feel like me and I've always been that way. And I'm never going to let anybody, you know, if you're uncomfortable with the way I'm doing things, let me know and we're just not going to work together or we're just not going to, it's totally cool. I want the best for you, but it's like, I'm not going to compromise like my happiness and my relationship or something like that to appease somebody who we don't even jive anyways. And that's, I actually told somebody once, I said, see, I've earned the right to not wear a suit. Mm. So unpack that for me. So a lot of it is fake it until you make it, especially mm. when you're a newer attorney. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's say you are hired at one of the big PI firms, for example, where they're getting like multi-million dollar settlements. You know, you're going to walk in a new attorney and the one thing that they always tell them is don't walk in with such a chip on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. You don't know shit. Mm-hmm. And so I never worked for anybody. I was, you know, I went to a tier four law school, which is not a good thing. And so when people see that on their resumes uh, and their job applications, they're like, well, we don't know if we want to advertise that school. So like Mm. in a doctor, the doctor could go to a school in like the Caribbean. (laughs) They don't care when you come here, you're a doctor. It doesn't matter if you went to Harvard or you went to the Caribbean. Fix me, save me. Mm. But for law school, it's like, yo, you went to that shitty school? Uh And so then it becomes one of those things where I had to say like, well, yeah, I mean, how many people failed the bar exam in California from Harvard? 10%. I passed. Mm-hmm. So does go. that make me better than them? I don't know. Hmm. But what things for sure is I'm going to be cheaper than them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so essentially what I got down to was at first you have to kind of fake it. Like once I started making a little money, I made sure I bought a Rolex because I kept seeing that, you know, other male attorneys, whether plaintiff or defense, the first thing they look at is your wrist. Mm-hmm. And it's like a badge of honor. Like, oh, if he can afford a Rolex, he probably got it on a credit card or he does well. Mm. Then, you know, eventually the cars. I literally, when I was first out of law school, I was trying to be practical while I was traveling from San Diego to Orange County. I had a Kia Optima hybrid <laughs> and I literally went and met up with a client at a um, Starbucks and she saw me roll up in my Kia. <laughs> and she's like, why would I hire an attorney who drives a Kia? Yeah. Mm. And I was like, all right, whatever. 
six months later, she was unhappy with her attorney and she was begging me for advice. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I can't step on somebody else's toes. Mm-hmm. I could have, I totally could have. I just didn't want to. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you know, you get, you, you got what you got. <laughs> so eventually, you know, we, we stay kind of in silence where we don't really advertise our settlements as much as we should. I actually put them up and sometimes I delete them mm-hmm. and because uh, we don't want people to know what we can do. We would just rather have our clients tell other people like, hey, hire these guys. I hired them. They did well. And uh, it's been the driving force of our business. And, you know, granted, I made some friends in social media who posted some of my videos and so that got me a little bit of traction too. So every now and then on Instagram, I'll get somebody who's like, hey, you know, I, do you do car accidents? I'm like, yeah, it's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, I'm like, all right, here's my number. Call me because we can't talk about this on Instagram because if you're going to have a conversation with an attorney on any social media, that's subject to being disclosed. It's mm. not private. I got you. So it's, uh, you got to be careful with that too. I like that. Take us back a little bit. You talk about just as we were setting up five jobs that you've already worked like throughout your past and things like that. You've just kind of seemed to be always scrapping, right? Like what was your, so you worked at Disneyland. The Mm -hmm. hell were you doing at Disneyland where you got heat stroke? (laughs) Yeah. So I was a performer there. So I have Mm. a performing arts background. Like I played violin for a little bit. I did theater, musical theater, improv. Um, I was more of like a straight theater and improv person. Musical theater was just kind of like to fill the gap. Mm. Um, and so when I worked at Disney, I was in the entertainment department. And so I was working in this one show where we had to dress up as uh, kind of like the princesses were there. So we had to kind of wear like, uh, what do you call it? Like a tunic and all this stuff. And there was no modifications in that costume. So like you're wearing like these poofy sleeves, you're covered up to your neck <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so one day I literally had heat stroke. I just, I went to the break room on my break and I remember waking up on the ground. Oh And so I was like, Ooh, that's not good. Mm -mm. Um, so I worked at Disney. I, I was, uh, doing character work. I was doing performance work. I did that for five years. And then I went into public relations, which is what my degree was in. And after working a year of public relations, um, I said to myself, if I'm going to be worked this aggressively, the income's got to show for it. Mm. Mm. And what's crazy is when I like no, no hard feelings with the former employer, I'm not going to name them. But as time went on while I'm in law school, I was like, damn, there's a lot of labor law violations that took place when I was working there with like hourly, with um, the way that I was told to take my lunch schedule, even though I was salaried. At the PR spot? Yeah. So there were so many things I was ignorant to. And so from there, um, I worked at CarMax for a little bit because they would let me do part-time sales Mm -hmm. while I was in school or studying for the bar and all that. So I did that. And then um, once you get into law school, most schools, if you're full-time, they don't allow you to work. So the American Bar Association, I remember at that time, they had to sign a contract that says that you agree to not work more than three hours a week because your first year you can get kicked out. So that's why law school is so expensive. Like you have to get the loans if you don't have the scholarships. Mm. Oh, geez. And you didn't have any scholarships? No, I was one of the few who I don't know why I didn't get it because Mm. I had similar scores to other people who had scholarships, a better GPA. So I don't know why I didn't get it, but it, bug it. Who cares? (laughs) Graduated, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then after that, uh, went to a small boutique law firm where I saw so much bad and shady things happening that it made me say, 
I need to get out of this place wow. and go open my own thing that's a little bit more ethical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> has yeah. it always been um, like injury law or has have you done other laws? No, well? I actually started in criminal. Oh, so okay. criminal defense. So huge Fourth Amendment advocate. Can you just give me the basic? Are there yeah. like five different types of law? Like no, what are the so main many. like what are the main highlights of law of guys? Stuff. Like what are your options? Like the thing you'll always see on TV is like corporate law where you're just like an in-house attorney for a big corporation. Um, Then you have like your contract laws where you're literally sitting at a desk reviewing contracts. These are great for like those A students who are just, they don't want to be around people. Just rules, rules, rules all Mm -hmm. the time. Okay. And just writing and drafting and editing. Um, Then you have your personal injury, which can deal with car accidents. That's you, right? Yeah. Okay. You can deal with... um, you know, having defective products, which I don't do because that's really expensive to litigate. And it's a, it's a very hard area of law, in my opinion, medical malpractice. Um, there's animal law where you can be like an animal rights advocate, but you know, that's like an altruistic position because those guys make no money. Mm. (laughs) Um, so it should be like a side hustle within something else. Um, but there's so many areas, like you wouldn't believe it. Like, I mean, look at what's going on in social media. Like there's so many first amendment violations in Mm. social media. Mm. Like you might post the wrong audio that somebody has a copyright to, Mm. um, privacy rights. I do that. Yeah. I get a lot of those like (laughs) claims, like copyright claims on my videos. I mean, hell, even as an attorney, I used to get those too. And I'd be like, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's why now, like, you have the social media platforms giving you certain stuff that they have licenses to, mm-hmm. so you can use it, but still you don't own it. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's tons of areas of law. Yeah, that's you started really cool. with criminal law. Yeah. How, so how was that? Was that crazy? It was fun. Yeah. Um, like I saw things that I think other people would not want to see, mm. and like literally, like for example, I worked a double child molestation case. Oh, and geez. there were people in the public defender's office where I was interning who were like, we refuse to take these cases because we have children. Yeah. And when I got that case, I looked at the file and I said, well, I hope you didn't do it, but let's go through this. Mm. And uh, so I've worked on stuff like that. I've you know participated in a first degree murder trial, um, but I kind of came at the end of it, so I couldn't do too much, but it was good to participate a little bit. A lot of drug dependency, a lot of sales. Um, what other cases basically major felonies Mm. and then that was through the public defender's office and those are where all the best cases are like they get everything Mm. so because like if you're going to get these type of cases like a first degree murder case it could easily cost somebody over 500 grand so people don't have the money for that so they go to the public defender and once they take those types of cases you know they're giving it to like the cream of the crop attorneys who Mm. are like i only work on 10 cases a year Whereas others are working thousands of misdemeanors and infractions. Mm. And then you're going to get, you know, a different end of the stick, which is a huge public policy problem because we need more public defenders. Did you have any uh, mentors when you were coming into this business? Not really. Like my family, they knew a couple attorneys, but I was very like, I don't want to bother these people because like on one hand things can change and everybody has an opinion right and everybody has something so different to say cuz law is both subjective and objective and you can be talking to the person who graduated number 1 in the class but they make less money than you mm. so that person may be bitter that person may have a different outlook that person may not have the same drive as you do 
So it was one of those things where I should have found mentors while I was in school, but I was so worried about getting kicked out that I was like, I just got to focus on my studies. Mm -hmm. Um, But then eventually, you know, I met the right people. I like that. That's pretty cool. You still just ended up there in the way you got it. Let's go ahead and transition into Venture's little journal here. That was heavy. (laughs) So basically, do you sleep like, do you remember your dreams? Are you a deep sleeper or a light sleeper? Deep. So you're I am a very deep sleeper. It's weird though, because (coughs) there's certain parts of the night where my wife can tell you this, like I'll start snoring (laughs) and I'm just gone. She'll smack me to wake me up (laughs) so I can stop snoring and I can't, I can't do it. But then there's other parts of the night where all of a sudden I hear my dogs being like, (laughs) and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm awake. You know? So I don't know if it's the trigger or what it is, but yeah, I remember my dreams very vividly ever since I was a little kid. I do not. I I sleep very deep, but I don't remember my dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't sleep very deep, but you have very vivid dreams. Are they lucid? uh, What do you mean by lucid? So when you're asleep and you're not fully asleep, but you are dreaming and you remember your dreams. You ever try to control your dream? Oh, I've, I could do that. I can guide it every yeah. once in a while, but I just have a good memory with my dream. But sometimes every once in a while, I can kind of see like third person, kind of go yeah. into that room, go into there, explore a little bit. Mm-hmm. You ever done any of those or no? No, I mean, I'm, I, I'm just asleep. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll like speak Swedish in my dreams or yeah. I'll like You'll talk to me, laugh yeah. in my dreams, but uh, or during, during my sleep, I'm at. But I don't, I don't remember any of my dreams. Well, the cool part, too, is that I've now started like writing down every one of my dreams, usually daily, in this little journal. So I have my kind of dreams of last night. So we don't know what it is. I usually wake up at 2 in the morning, and I'm like, fuck, what was that? Mm-hmm. Let me write that down, and we'll try to like unpack what I was thinking. Oh, yeah, we were uh, interviewing this lawyer. So now I was in court. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. like I, that, that'll be the dream like two or three nights from now. Nice. But So I just have like random shit, or someone will cut me off, and I'll just be like, you know, what's going on. So mm-hmm. I want your take on kind of some of the things that we have. Mm-hmm. We live obviously down in Belmont Shore. So we're down right on the water. We got a nice cute spot. We have Kino, our dog, sand everywhere. Just that's our biggest enemy in the apartment is sand on the bed sheets, everything like that. Mm-hmm. You, if we move to Vegas, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have sand in your bed. If that you is think right. about it like that, that right? right? So it's one of those things where like, have you found it cleaner out here than in SoCal or what? False. Really? opposite huh? you get sandstorms oh. so you're still tracking sand in the house huh? well not if you close your doors okay right. but like i mean but yeah 100 percent. it's not like the ocean where like you know you get that much but it it does feel cleaner in parts mm. like there have been parts of the city where like my last house kind of like where the gillespie air bailey stop playing with your toy <laughs> <laughs> so like there's been parts where like in gillespie i was like hey you know what we may not have sand but there's broken bottles Oh, since yeah. he can drink all the time but like over here in this community in Inspirata like I feel like I'm in Irvine mm. you know there's trees it's clean the HOA is up your butt if you're doing the wrong oh, stuff wow. so like I think it's really clean here. Do you know what I like? I figured it out about these neighborhoods and this modern desert style is it feels timeless. Mm -hmm. Like it does feel almost like there's like a fifties vibe where it's kind of like everything is, you know, like one story pointed, you know what I mean? Like it's even your front door has like a really cool, like futuristic, but it's in the desert still Mm -hmm. type of look. It's weird. It reminds me of Beetlejuice. 
But like when I said that to the designer, she was like, please don't say that. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's a cool thing, yeah. man. Like it's, it's modern. It's different. It's very, uh, whatever the mom's name was in Beetlejuice. I don't remember the mom's. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. We need to rewatch it, that though. Not Lydia. Gloria? I don't remember, but she's a really funny Let's actress. Google it right now. Mom. But yeah, no, I, that's the thing. You can go to parts of the town where it's like being in Palm Springs. It literally right. is like 1930s, 1950s. Yeah. But then there's other parts like here where this house was made, you know, finished completion in 2023. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm about, about the modern. I don't like like the old Me school. Me too. And, it know. needs to be, I can't do, um, have you seen Kim Kardashian's house? No. No. It's very, it's very modern, but it, it's extremely boring. It's boring as hell. It does there. not feel like a home. Mm-hmm. As long as it's modern, but it feels like a home, it needs to have some texture to it. Yeah. I love that type of style. So you don't like that serial killer look where it's too Can't clean. do that. Can't yeah, do I that. used to like that. And then eventually I was like, well, I work from home. Yeah. So if my home is a prison, yeah. I want it to be a <laughs> nice prison. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> what does your wife do for work? So she is kind of in the construction business. So like with, um, what do you call it? Basically custom doors, iron oh. for the hotels in like different parts of the United States and like for custom home design, stuff like that. Cool. And then she also has her um, certification for um, Spanish translation, which has been very helpful for me and my business. Yeah. Um, and then otherwise, like she really is kind of a renaissance woman. She just does it all. Mm-hmm. So she won't say no to an assignment unless she's like, yo, this requires some certain specialties. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Where'd you guys meet? Instagram. Oh, really? <laughs> How long Slid have you guys right been together? Slid right into that DM, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, five years. Okay. So it was funny because uh, I have a friend who has like millions of followers on, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so they started posting videos that I would post about like Black Lives Matter and like other civil rights issues that were going on. And so it started tracking some following. And so, you know, you see people follow you. You're like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. The guys, you're like, I'm not going to follow the guys. <laughs> like, I'm not here to make more friends. But then you see these girls and you're like, yo, that girl's cute. Mm-hmm. Oh, her page is private? Mm. Follow. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's something too. I don't, I wouldn't take any social media advice. The criteria is if you've never slid in a DM, like you don't you know don't what the know fuck you're talking media. about. Like you're yeah. just out the game too much. Like, you know what I mean? My dad has never slid in a DM. Yeah. So if you have any type of opinion on a video or anything, it's like, Hey, you don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. But right? you know, the funny thing is, is like, I would say finding a partner through like Instagram is better than like Bumble. I bet. Because if I you bet. think about it, let's say like somebody is following you and you follow them back they get to meet you without mm-hmm. meeting you. Like, right. yeah, we all know everybody's a basic bitch on the internet. Yeah. You know, like you portray yourself way different than who you are, mm-hmm. especially in your in your timeline. But in your stories, that's where it gets a little more authentic. It's a little more personal. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, there's definitely these type of girls who I've seen like make their videos where they're just making like duck lips and all this and they <laughs> don't talk. And those to me are a red flag. Right. It's like it's like bad teeth or what? I don't think it's bad teeth. I think it's a bad accent. Or oh. it's like so I mean I'm not going to call some people out, but like I've seen stuff Say where I'm names. like this person is not talking for a reason. I bet it's super comical when uh. they start opening their mouth in person and they you're have just like a like, thick Whoa. Russian accent just or something. Super deep voice. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like you know there's some accents that are really attractive and there's some that you're just like, yeah, no. 
what are some accents that you're like, oh, this is cool, and then some that are horrible? Yeah, I'm gonna the... I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. Really? Because <laughs> oh, next have a list? thing, well, I do have a list, but then you know, one person's luxury is another person's trash. Go ahead. So you know, I don't want to say what they are, and then all of a sudden I get these hate messages. <laughs> I got you. Give me what is your top three? You'd say good ones. Yeah, yeah, favorite. We'll go t- three good ones and three um, bad ones. I'm not a big fan fan of accents, honestly. Okay, just like, give me three bad ones then, and I'll do three good Swedish ones. Swedish accents are bad. They're that not cute rough. at all. Can't do a Russian accent or like Ukraine, like Eastern Europe. No, I can't do that. Um, what else? And then what's one more where you're just like French? Oh, French? French is I bad. Like French. I mean, they're bad at English too. So that, yeah, that never <coughs> works out. Just right now, I'll do a Russian. I like the Would Russians because really? she seems aggressive. Ooh. Like she seems. I like was she'll thinking the same you. thing. Like I don't know if we need therapy for this, but it's all like. <laughs> You go with me or I kill you. Yeah, I'm like, she seems like she's got There might be trauma in this room. <laughs> so I'll take that one. I am happy you don't no, have... No, we just like strong yeah. women. Yeah. Girl power. I'm happy you don't have a thick Swedish accent. Yeah. Because that one... That one's yeah, not cute. Yeah, it's not the best at all. No. I do like... Um, I hate the Australian one. You know, let's just do the ones that really? we hate. The Australian accent is so annoying to me. Like, when you really sit there... They're really like masculine, like like come on, mate, like you know what I mean. I'm like, dude, you need to chill out a, a little a bit. I'll do a woman's Australian accent. That's that's cute, but the, a men's Australian accent is a little oof. You like, think get, so? Get back the out Australian the ask, accent is a no go for me. Um, I really do like French. French is cool. Okay. Yeah, I'll take that one. Which other one do I like? The um, I would do like a a Brazilian one. You know, like something that's a little bit Latin with some roots in that. Okay. That works. Mm-hmm. But that's just me, you know? Yeah. I will say that I love the Latin accents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, if Sofia Vergara, I can close my eyes, you can talk, baby, we're good. <laughs> I like that. So it's funny, because even my wife, she knows that, too. So and mm-hmm. she's got a little bit of an accent, too. And so, like, every now and then, if she's sending me a meme or something, she sends it of Sofia Vergara. Oh. <laughs> but I, I purposely don't react. <laughs> I like that. Where is your wife from? Mexico. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. nice. Do you guys travel back pretty often? No, um... Right now, let's just say we have inside sources, just normal people who live there. We're like, you know, sometimes it might not be the right time to come mm. out. So, because every okay. now and then there's always issues going on in Mexico. Like, but the tourist places are pretty good. But what happens is you still get tourists who go who do stupid things yeah. that piss off the locals. And then next thing you know, you have a headline. Mm. Right. So, I got you. Never been to Mexico. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. I want to go. Go clean, go safe. You're good. Yeah. I'm with that. We talked about height as we were coming in, and I have a height-related question, too. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about, like, my height, and I think technically I'm six foot one and a half inch, Mm -hmm. or, like, three-fourths inch, whatever it is. But there's something about me that doesn't want to say six two. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Hannah. There's also something about me that I doesn't don't want to say six one. I don't want to short myself, but I also don't want to be like, hey, I'm something that I'm not. What should I go? But I also don't want to say I'm six foot one and a half, I think. Like that's a really weird vibe. What's so, on your passport and um, your license? I think I put like six two on my passport. Oh. So you're six two. Okay. Is that what it is? But do you see like the mindset behind yeah, that? Yeah, because it's douchey. Yeah. Like, if, if I were over six foot and somebody said how tall you're like, I don't know, I'm over six foot. Like, oh, okay. So that's it. So you being under six foot, the goal is just to be over six I mean, foot? Or I mean, I don't care, but I'm just saying since you're six foot and above, like, if I were you, that's how I would answer it. Okay. Like, I don't know. I'm feet. over six feet. I don't, I don't keep tabs. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on how bad my back hurts. One day I'm six one, one day I'm 5'11", you know? I'll do that. I like that. I'm over six feet. 
I if you, you got a measuring tape, and then if you got a measuring tape, then we'll. Like, well, no, the no, let's thing. find out. Now I'm curious. Yeah. I don't pay attention to these things because I already understand my privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I go up. I'm mm-hmm. like five six and a half, but I'll be like I'm five seven. I like that. Usually, what I am. See, like when working at Disney, I'm pretty sure I lost a little height because of like the stuff we have to do there with the performing oh, really? and everything. And so like I always said, man, if I ever date a girl taller than me, which has happened multiple times, when they ask how tall you are, I'm like, tall enough, baby. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Pull a Kevin Hart, grab a little step stool. And, what's up? Yeah, exactly. I like hearing about behind the scenes of like places like that, like mm-hmm. Disney. Tell us more. Like what? I can't Did you see that. some crazy stuff? No, I, I mean, you know what the funny thing is, is like, even though I don't work there anymore, the mouse is has a lot of good attorneys. And so there's just stuff that I won't say on the record. Oh, okay. Um, but there are books about it. And oh. I've read a couple of the books and some of it I'm like, bullshit. Mm. Um, but it's 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 a cool place. What what were some of like your happiest experiences and working there? Um because here's the thing is obviously my last job before I got into like my big boy job was jet ski to Catalina, mm-hmm. right? It's a magical thing too. That's yeah. That's I put it up there with Disney. It's better than Disneyland. We I just get out went. there. It's yeah. a little while ago. Yeah, and just working there, doing the thing, and just looking out. There's moments on the water where I'm just like, this is amazing, you know. I think my favorite moments at Disney were moments that I didn't realize would become my favorite moments. Oh, yeah. Like when you see a kid take their first steps toward you. Oh. You're just like, you hear the mom being like, oh my God, mm-hmm. they just took their first steps. And you're like, really? <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, like me. little moments like that. Um, I definitely had some haunting issues oh, while no. I was in Disney. That I don't <gasps> mind disclosing. Oh, let me yeah. hear about that. So there's all these stories about like Disneyland being haunted, people putting like, you know, their ashes here and there. Like I remember one night I thought my boss was messing with me. And so I was at Mickey's house in Toontown and I kept hearing things and I was the only person in there. Was it at nighttime or was it? It was, it was when we were closing. And And so like, so you have been there with, I've never thought about that. You've been there with nobody else there. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And so like in Toontown, what, what happened is every now and then, according to what I read online, I've never really verified it. This with other people who work there, but supposedly um, in Toontown, every now and then they have to shut off the Roger Rabbit ride because they see a kid in the cameras no walking through way. the ride. Oh, that's and scary. the protocol is you start from the end and the front and you got to cross each other to see, did you find anybody? And so they say that happens really regularly. Mm. And I'm so what happens nervous. is in Mickey's house, um, there's a room where you meet Mickey and there's a mirror there. And I remember one day just being in there by myself with another cast member and we were just waiting for, you know, more people to come in. And while we were waiting, we saw a little kid in the reflection of the mirror. And so we both turn around like, oh, hey, the exit's over there, right? We turn around, we're like, nobody's here. So that was an interesting That's moment. Crazy. My heart rate literally yeah. just went up. That's crazy. Oh my God. That's the next Disney movie right there. <laughs> Coming to a theater near you, right? But I, I've had some weird haunting stuff almost everywhere I've lived. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm like a magnet, if this is just all in my head and I'm schizophrenic. I really don't know. Has something happened here yet? Uh, nothing here. No. But at the last house. So, you know, I got these two dogs, Bailey and Benji. Bailey, she doesn't really have too much of a protective instinct, but like, at least her breed doesn't, but she does. And so she'll bark at everything. Right. Benji will only bark when it's necessary. Mm. And so one night we're just hanging out on the couch. It's just me and the two dogs. We're watching TV and like I hear like a door creak open. 
<laughs> and it was my, what I like to call my Harry Potter closet. That door just opened on its own. Mm. And so Benji started running toward the door, barking at it. And I was like, I didn't open that door. I know oh. that door was closed because if that door is open, I can't leave the house. So something like that has happened once. Then another night, um, when I was at my first house, um, I was, I would see this when I go to bed and my wife and I, we both saw this. So we were like, what the fuck? Mm. And so we're in bed and you know, shadows can be caused from anything, any sort of reflection of light. So we're looking up while we're like just talking, going to bed and we see something like an arm just flailing back and forth and we didn't have the dogs yet. So it's not like it was one of their tails or something. And so we're looking up and we're like, what is that? And we both start moving around the bed. We're like kind of manipulating the room, trying to create that that image yeah and we couldn't do it and so we saw it and we were like oh fuck this we gotta sage the house (laughs) (laughs) but i have at least five more of these stories so like i can go on and on what do you think about aliens you believe 100 percent. it's science and math there's Uh no more truth than science and math it what what do you see like in your head when you like if you were the guy to meet an alien what do you think the alien would look like i don't know you don't have like in your is it like a green person in your head no i mean it's so hard to tell because like realistically you look at the periodic table of elements you'll find that in any star so like they're going to be some form of the periodic table of elements so we don't know what it's going to pop out to but i know the the three major theories is like short little green dudes then we have the reptilian theory that they're like you know dinosaurs and then we have the ones that look like swedish people you know (laughs) who are like just very good looking people and so i don't know what to expect but what i can say is that I do think aliens exist. I do think that, you know, there's no way we can be the center of the universe that's already been disproven time and time again. Um, But to say that we're the only mathematical equation that created us, it's not That doesn't make sense. Yeah, Yeah. no. I I 100% believe in aliens. mm -hmm. I don't know exactly... I mean, I still have that green person image in my head of, like, that is what an alien looks like. Um, But to me, like, it also doesn't make sense that we're the only creatures that yeah. are that doesn't make sense to just me just because we're in the goldilocks zone doesn't mean there isn't another Mm-mm. goldilocks zone i mean right. it's, it's just like baking bread you have to have the right ingredients and the right amount of heat and you make your food mm-hmm. so like you might have a star elsewhere that maybe is bigger smaller different temperature and then you have another planet on another goldilocks zone right. based off of that star so they may be cooking a different recipe but i'll tell you this there was one night maybe like i want to say like eight years ago me and my friends, we were at Cosmo out here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's beautiful. They got these balcony rooms. And our friend was a high roller, so he was getting free rooms all the time. And so we all went up to his room. And I got to preface it with this. We were not <coughs> drunk yet. Okay. <laughs> and so we're hanging out on the balcony. And as we're looking out the balcony, we see this bright light. And it wasn't like a flashlight beaming at you. It was more just like a bright dot. Okay. And we're all looking at it because it just kind of came out of nowhere. And we're like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, as we're looking at it, zoom, disappears. The light, oh, but no. the thing is, is like it wasn't like a shooting star that has a tail. It was just like you it just, just disappeared. You see it go into the distance really fast. Wow. And so we were like, aliens. Yeah. Uh, Either that or some Area 51 shit. Yeah. Um, which there's so much good stuff on Joe Rogan's podcast about that. Heck yeah. So oh no. That's awesome. Okay. I got a question for you. How many kindergartners do you think that you could take out before the kindergartners like overwhelmed you? Like, what's your number? Is it ten? Is it fifty? Take is it out 100? as in fight? Yeah, like if it was you and they just sent in 
kindergartner after kindergartner. How many? How do you old think is you a kindergartner? Six years old. Lois's age. Lois. Your, your niece. Um, like seven. Okay, seven. That's mm-hmm. it. And then the eighth one comes, and you're just like yeah. overpowered. Yeah. So six, you'd be able to get all at once. You'd be able to get six. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What's your just number? Kick em. How many kindergartners do you think you could take out before they overpower you? You know, these little dudes, they're like the size of a football. Uh So it shouldn't be too hard. But (laughs) this is how I would strategically do it to not get in trouble. I'd let one come in and start wailing on me. Then let him have another buddy come in and start wailing on me. Until there gets to a point where I could say, like, look, I objectively have to defend myself because now there's a threat of death. That is smart. Then I'll be like, all right. There might be 25 of you, but you're all going down. That's smart. That's a good one. I like that. That's the lens, the lawyer lens right there. You... Did you ever do any self-defense yep. like cases? Yeah. Um, yeah, that murder case was a self-defense mm. case. Um, this case, it was interesting. It, was, it happened in OB, so Ocean Beach for the non-Californians in San Diego mm-hmm. area. And so what happened was this dude was drunk as a skunk. And so that already creates its own problems. And so he was, he walked up to a group of skateboarders and he just started shouting like these weird words like dango mob, dango mob. People were like, what the fuck are you talking about, mm. white boy? <laughs> and so the thing though is um, the skateboarders, they, they were kind of in the right, you know, they were kind of like, dude, leave us the fuck alone. Mm. And so since he wouldn't leave, they got up with their skateboards and they were like, bro, you need to bounce. And so then this guy, our client at the time, pulls out a switchblade. And so what ends up happening is, and I really think he should have got a better self-defense argument personally, but what ends up happening is he starts walking backwards with his switchblade, which is also illegal because it was spring-loaded. So he's walking backwards with it to kind of be like, hey, don't get near me. Mm. And then so he eventually turns around not knowing somebody was behind him. And so the knife is sharp, Mm -hmm. went right into the guy's gut. (gasps) And so... According to public records, so if anybody's listening, this is all public records, so I'm not disclosing any secrets, <laughs> secrets here. So then when he well, thank when you. he realizes this happens, he turns around and looks at the other skateboarders and says, hey, you might need to call an ambulance. Oh, wow. And then what he did was he pulled the, I don't think he pulled the knife out. I don't remember if he mm-hmm. did or didn't, but he ran away. And I think he did pull the knife out because if my memory's correct, the guy had his hands on his stomach, Mm. which is what you need to do Uh because your intestines are so packed in there that if you release your hands, your intestines can fly out. Oh Oh, no. Like talk about like, you know, what is that? That can we used to have with the snakes that would pop out? Oh, and it boom, the magician. Yeah. Canned worms. Canned worms. There you go. So then that guy, you know, his thing was all about self-defense. Like, but on one hand, the questions became like, well, who started it? Right. You know, and if he started it, did he put himself in a position where he doesn't have the self-defense? Um, so that case, he did have some sort of self-defense argument, but he is locked up. Um, oh. he, he, he didn't lose the case. He did get a not guilty, but to me, that's not... Sorry, he, did, he got a guilty, but to me, that's not losing because he could have been charged with so much more. Mm. He just got charged with less. Then there was another case where I didn't get to participate into it because as an intern, we got moved around so much. And so what I witnessed in this case was... There was this village bully in this community. This guy was known for being like just the big bad motherfucker in the street. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think there was something about him maybe carrying a gun with him or just being so incredibly big that if he hits you, he could potentially kill you. Jeez. And so he pushed somebody's buttons way too much, Mm. way too much. 
And it turned into one of those things where, like, I guess this guy was trying to steal his bike. And so he's like, fuck that noise. You're not stealing my bike. And so um, he ends up getting into a fight with this guy and somehow knocks him out. And then he went back to the guy after he knocked him out and stomped his head. Oh, Oh, geez. The big guy. Yeah. The big guy was getting his head stomped in. Yeah. And so the guy, unfortunately, that big guy is now permanently handicapped. And so the DA tried to get this guy for attempted murder. Mm. And he got a not guilty plea. Mm. Because the idea was the jury agreed. This guy is so well known in the community for being violent. And this guy is just fucking big. Mm -hmm. If he got up while this guy's walking away objectively they thought this guy would kill him oh okay and so like when you're looking at self-defense you have to look at two two forms objective and subjective and so perfect self-defense comes in when the jury will agree that not only did the person truly believe that their life was in danger but reasonable people would also say in that circumstance i agree with you Mm. now imperfect self-defense comes in when um sorry guys he's just he's making the noises we're good and so then what happens is uh imperfect self-defense comes in when you may believe your life is in danger but everybody else is like bruh you took it too far right so it's uh so self-defense cases are are interesting Mm. what made you want to switch from criminal law money to oh okay money (laughs) money it wasn't like it was like oh my god it was too heavy it was too much or it was the you know i mean it was yeah but the thing to me is is like if i was getting paid really well to do that then I would endure. It'd be different, yeah. But, you know, living in California at the time, you guys know how it is. Everything's expensive. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, you don't want to be that guy who's like, I went to law school, I have 350 grand in student loan debt, and I make like 50 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Right. So I like that. Tell me about working from home because I like, I want to build my career as something that has the flexibility, kind mm-hmm. of like that you're talking about, to just be able to like travel. I'm sure she, we've been talking about this too. She's coming out of school soon and just have the option to be able to just up and go or like have the option to do something like that and not have to be in an office all day. It's yeah. super cool that you do that. What made you decide to do that? So my, um, me working from home has been first something I didn't plan on doing, but it became more of a family obligation. Mm-hmm. So, um, my grandma is just, she does not like being home alone. And so when I started working at this new firm, um, you know, I told him like, Hey, do I need to come into the office in the morning? Because my dad gets home like around two o'clock. I could come after two. It's just, my grandma doesn't like being home alone. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Just work from home. And so I got used to it doing that. And so I kind of had like a good break between, you know, uh, sacrificing a little bit of my early career being in an office setting, which is great when you're getting started out because you have other brains you can pick from, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I started from there and then as time went on and I started learning more and more and more working from home became a luxury. So I'm like, I don't want to deal with a boss. I don't want to deal with other people like breathing down my neck. Mm -hmm. Plus, I mean, some lawyers work 12, 15 hour days when they're at a defense firm. My, my business partner and I, we were talking about it the other day. Sometimes we work four hours a day. (laughs) You know, it just depends on how heavy the workload is. Mm -hmm. Um, there's days where I'm like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it. 
I don't feel like working. Yeah. My phone is next to me if a client calls and if they need something, I'll check on it right then and there. But there's some days where I'm like, I just want to play Counter-Strike. You know? like, <laughs> I just need to undo everything that I'm doing and just veg out. Yeah. yeah. But working from home is great. Love it. I like that. I, I think I, um, even with like school from home, I like that it's very flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm not the biggest fan of going in person, but I really like the social aspect of it. Venger's a little different. He can stay at home all the time. He doesn't really need that social interaction as much as I do, but I, I need, I need that social part of it. Yeah. Um, same thing. Like now that I'm coming out of school soon, I, I wouldn't probably wouldn't do something fully remote. Um, but something hybrid. I, I really Employers want are gonna it. Love you. I really want it to be like flexible. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, also we love traveling too. I want to be able to do things like that as well. And then also kind of just like choose my schedule a little bit. Yeah. But um, see, that's the best part of it because mm-hmm. if you can travel and work, yeah. that means you're remote. Right. Like for me, I'm like waiting for all these carnival cruises and, and mm-hmm. Royal Caribbean to get Skylink set up. Because some of their boats have it now. Yeah. But as long as I have Wi-Fi, yeah. I can work from anywhere. Yeah. Now, the only thing that might screw me over is time zone. Right. So, because at one point I was thinking about going to Florida, but I was like, dude, I don't want to be working like nine o'clock Florida time yeah. where it's six o'clock in California, mm-hmm. you know? So, but yeah, having that flexibility, plus you're just getting out of school. So mm-hmm. you're used to social interaction. Right. Whereas, I don't know, for me, I got a mortgage. Like... I don't care about people if they're not paying my yeah. bills. <laughs> so if I'm going to pay for this, I'm going to enjoy it. Right. So. I like that. Yeah. So you already have the house. So why not use it? You're talking about the carnival cruises. I recently, I've always been a big like water sports, motorsports guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then me and Hannah have been talking. I've been getting into sailboats more. So like the idea of just having a good like 55, 60 foot catamaran, yeah. just like sailing around the Caribbean and just like doing our thing. That How much be, are those? Uh, this starting at like five, 600 K for a crappy one, getting up to like a gunboat that would be like 1.6, 1.7. You know what they say about boats though, right? What the best day is when you sell yeah. it. It's a sailboat though. But and the I'm, day you buy it. The, oh, so yeah, the day you buy it, and then the day, the day you, you get sell it. it. These ones are different. There's just something That's different about say. it. It's these like, ones, I, these ones are different. It's like that girl that everyone knows is crazy. Nah, bro, she's different. I really <laughs> want a sailboat. I just, but I'm the type of guy that I will just like. I would cross the Atlantic or something like that. I'd yeah. Be like, hey, you fly out there, and I'll meet you in Spain or something. I'm just that type of guy who'll tame that crazy woman that's gonna stab me in the middle of the night. It's all the same, man. It's all the same. No, I get it though. Everybody's got their hobbies. Like, yeah. it's like I want a boat too, but I know yeah. it's a, I know it's a horrible idea. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're gonna have to figure out my motion sickness. I get re- really, really motion sick mm-hmm. whether I'm on a plane or a boat, a train, car. Bus, I mean, anything. Even on, she was on the back of the jet ski earlier this month mm-hmm. and yeah. just like having a bad day, right? Yeah, no, I got sick. I got really sick. Here's have, my theory, though. Have you tried the relief band? The one that you put right here? Yeah, I got that from my wife. I I have a really good pill that I take when I when I fly. Um, it kind of knocks you out when you sleep the majority of the time. That one's really good. It's not um, Dremamine, is it? No, I always get it in Sweden. I don't know if they have it out here. Oh, okay. um, but I she stocks I, up and then keeps it on. Yeah, I always get it because it lasts for like twelve hours. And How then, similar is Sweden and Switzerland? I've never been to Switzerland. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, Switzerland is a lot smaller. 
in population and in size. Because I bought like a sleeping pill there and it's mm-hmm. all organic and it's made out of like lavender root oh. and like all this stuff. So Is I was like, I haven't tried it. Oh. So. Yeah, no, the, my, my motion sickness pill is, uh, it's I, not natural. I would I'm say that. I would say to answer that though, I haven't been to Switzerland yet either, but that's the one S country that Americans remember. So, oh yeah, Hannah from Switzerland. Yeah, right? and you're they like, always no, say that. The, whatever you think is good about Switzerland, Sweden's better. I'll tell you this. I was just in Switzerland, uh-huh. and uh, I don't think I'll ever go back. You didn't like it? What didn't you like? So one of the best quotes I heard was from my cousin who used to live there, and he's like, Switzerland today is California 10 years ago. Oh, sorry. Like, Switzerland is 10 to 20 years advanced of California. Okay. So when I was there, I was driving an Audi and I was driving my friends, and it has, like, the pop-up display for all the, the speed limits and everything, you'll drive, and all of a sudden, the road mile per hour goes from, like, 50 kilometers to 35 in, like, an instant. Mm. And while you're doing that, the locals know what's up, but you tourists, you don't. I got a speeding ticket. Uh, uh, so they're on your ass And it's much. a camera. The camera is gauging your speed and takes your photo. Oh, and no. so, like... Now they have laws where, like, let's say that transition happened, but you're going, like, 30, 40, 50 kilometers mile per hour higher. Even as a tourist, I think you can get jailed. Really? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. So, like, basically, they're super intense. And, and now what's happening? California is proposing to install those same cameras. Oh, no. We don't I saw that. something about that. I hate those cameras. They get me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how it's going to work because, like, the, the red light cameras, there was a huge constitutional argument about it. Like, you can't, you know, you're not getting it from an officer in person. You can't go against the person who's accusing you of something. <coughs> um, so I don't know how this is going to work out, but... It's just there's so much tight regulation in Switzerland where it's like, well, prostitution's also regulated, but there's even getting a driver's license can cost you like $5,000. They don't want you on the road. Yeah. So I, I don't think I'll ever go back. That's not Sweden. No, yeah. it, no, it's not. I mean, getting a driver's license is, is expensive though. Um, not for the fact that like they don't want you on the road. It's just, I think people just don't have, because here... Um, I just drove with my parents when Mm -hmm. I got my license out there. You usually take classes because maybe your parents are working or it's just like a different thing going on. So um, it's just all all the classes that cost a bunch of money. Um, And it's a lot harder getting a license out there. So people might have to retake the test and Mm -hmm. do all that stuff. Um, But I mean, I I really like Sweden. Um, It's I I, I would say it's a lot better than and if any Switzerland authorities are listening to this, (laughs) I moved. That's why you can't send me my speeding ticket. (laughs) I'll call you guys. (laughs) I'll call you. We'll be in touch, huh? No, because I don't want to go to cut. Like, let's say I do go with my cousin one day, and I'm at customs, and they're like, "Oh yes, you've got the ticket. Ah. (laughs) You need to pay for the ticket, or you go straight to jail." Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) The coolest part, though, that why I keep going back to Sweden with her, though, on an individual level. The people that we meet, like every time we're out there, she's just like a little princess. Like we're on tour the whole time. Mm-hmm. Everybody, there's food getting laid out. People are like crying at the airport the second I get here. I'm lucky if I even get picked up at the airport here. Like I'm lucky if my parents come to a complete stop to pick me up from the airport. But out there, everybody's got like signs. Mm-hmm. They're happy. They're filming. And it's just like, 
safe. Yeah. I think that's what I like is because I'm always kind of got your head on a swivel. I'm sure you do as a lawyer too, but I'm always looking, looking, looking. And then in Sweden, there's just no data that this coffee shop might get shot up. There's no data, you know? A question for you, because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Sweden considered one of the many Scandinavian countries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So see, that's why it is what it is. Like yeah. you probably have your socialized healthcare. Mm-hmm. You have like your teachers who get paid like doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know Finland, for example, is like the best education system in the yeah. world. Like I, I remember watching a documentary about it, how the Scandinavian countries have it so good. And it's like, you'll have a kid who may not understand the concept but at least, I don't know if this is over-exaggerated, but then the teacher would be like, all right, well, the way I explain it to you doesn't work. Anybody else in class who can explain it? And then if the kid finally yeah. learns it, now the idea is you don't want to have a weak link in your in your class. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, the weakest link is the mm-hmm. dumbest person and the funniest mm-hmm. person. And that person is the person who's glorified. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Scandinavian countries, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. Now, here's the downside that I'll go into is people like you and me, people who are drivers, people who are charismatic, people who really are confident in what I do. I talk a lot of shit, but at the end of the day, if I'm talking a lot of shit about a race and I know I'm the fastest motherfucker here, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I, I ran faster, I trained harder, for example, right? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know, right? We're gonna be a little theatrical with it. It's a little like tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, you know, I, I've outgrown that phase. Yeah. Like at this point, um, I'd rather be like a silent but deadly mm. sort of person. I like Break that, that down for me. The loudest, you know, <laughs> okay. Jackie Chan said it really, really well in his, in his accent. He's like, I like to let people talk who like to talk because it allows you to find out how much full of shit they are. <laughs> you know, so it's one of those things where it's really hard for me to do because I don't know if it's ADHD or what it is, but I feel like I always have a lot to say, but I always think I need to make it more concise Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because also a person who doesn't need to explain themselves is intimidating. You know, Mm -hmm. like if I'm talking to defense counsel and let's say it's like a brain injury case, which I've made it a goal to learn a lot about and they start saying some stupid shit. My response is, okay, thank you for what you said, but you're wrong. And I, that's all I have to say. Yeah. yeah. I don't have to go and start justifying myself because at that point, if you try to start educating them, yeah, you might show them, you know what you're talking about, but why am I going to give them homework to try to defend against that? Mm. Like I had one guy one time, this is when I was maybe in my third or fourth year of practice. We just did a deposition at his office and they did this to be intimidating. <coughs> they wanted the client to be like, look at us, we're some big shots, all this shit. And this is before we did depositions on Zoom. So I went, you know, I'm wearing my suit because I'm at a douchey office. (laughs) And so afterward, the attorney who's like 30 years older than me, he's like, counsel, you want to come with me to my office and discuss this case? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And so I sit there and he's like, you know, I do both plaintiff's work and defense work. So I represent the injured party and people like insurance companies. And so, you know, I know what I'm talking about. And I'm like, you're talking too much. Mm -hmm. And so then I hear out what he has to say. And he's like, I don't think you have a strong case, this and that. And I was pushing this to go to arbitration. My client didn't want to go to arbitration. Just she's like, I'm too scared to be before a judge or any sort Mm -hmm. of arbiter. And so I was like, give me authority 
to settle at whatever I think is is appropriate. She's like, you have my full authority. So it's perfect. The case, the policy was like a $100,000 policy. And I knew if we took it to arbitration, we will get the 100000 She had an amazing case. And so then after this attorney just kept saying why well, I had a shit case, I looked at him and I said, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to send you an offer. The offer is going to be a very specific type of offer that we call a 998, which basically says, I'm going to go to court or arbitration against you, and I'm going to beat this number. If I beat this number, you have to pay me my costs, expenses, fees, mm. experts, everything. That number, when you look at it, you're going to take all your years of experience, and if you pay it, then you know what you're doing. If you don't pay it, then your 30 years means nothing to me. Mm. And so I sent him an offer for like 65000 He paid it same day. I was like, see? You just talk shit. Mm. Yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So like I, I want, and I knew I didn't have my client's authority to take it to arbitration. So I couldn't ask for more because then maybe they'd be like, well, if you want that much, then maybe we should arbitrate it. Mm-hmm. I like that within your craft being quiet. I agree with that. There's something that I like, like my favorite, I want to hear who are some of your top icons of all time. I define an icon as somebody who inspires others outside of their craft. Right? So Muhammad Ali is the top dog for me for everything I do as a childhood he was so great that he made me believe that I could accomplish anything within my life Mm -hmm. that's sort of the bravado that I think I try to bring is I try to at least show people through the work that I do let's say obviously as a former athlete in the leadership roles that I've been in it's always worked that way I kind of want to bring some of that to the stuff that I'm currently doing in the business endeavors that I do now what do you think about that as far as I'm not, when I compete, I'm quiet. Every wrestling mat I ever stepped on, I was silent going into it. But before everything that was, I was talking a lot of shit. It was for me. It was for this. It was almost like a, a Mike Tyson, Ali type of thing. Mm-hmm. I get in there and I'm going to work. Do you see what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know, I don't really have idols. Yeah. Like I thought about that before and I was like, I don't really like emulate to be like somebody else because I can't, I feel like I'm faking it. But if there's one person, historical figure that gets into my head, which really has been the basis of where I am in my career today and in my life is Frederick Douglass. Ooh, that's a fire one. When I was in junior college, um, I read the narrative of the life of Frederick (coughs) Douglass. And there's always this one section that really sticks out to me because when I was in high school, I wasn't necessarily the most studious person, but I was smart. Mm. I was smart enough to understand the concepts, but also smart enough to know that I'm wasting my time not studying. So when I got into um, junior college, you know, it really changed the course of my behavior because like this narrative made a lot of sense to me. There was a section where Frederick was a little kid at his slave owner's um, plantation. And he talked about how for some reason, the slave owner and the slave owner's wife, they had this affinity toward him, but not the same way they would with the white kid, you know, but they were like, for some reason, they treated him better. And so the slave owner's wife was teaching him to read. And one day the slave owner sees this happening and he gets pissed. He starts yelling at the wife. Frederick gets scared. He's hiding behind the door, listening in on the conversation. I think hoping that, you know, she's not going to get hurt. And, you know, also hiding from the slave master. And so the quote, which I'm going to have to abbreviate, is he said, you never teach a young black person to read. 
if you teach them to read, you teach them to think. Mm-hmm. If you teach them to think, they're unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that section really made me say to myself, you know, knowledge really is power, but you don't also have to be the smartest person in the mm-hmm. room. Definitely. I like that one. We got to reread that one. It's been a few years since I've cracked that open. Um, Venture. My dad read a book in college. There's this man named Venture Smith. He was a slave. He ended up running from the South to the North, freed himself, became an accomplished businessman, went back to the South, bought his family, and then brought his family back up to the North. So he loved that, and he named me Venture. And, you know, that's the only other venture I think we'll probably meet in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. hopefully, and we'll see. But, yeah, that's like... Frederick Douglass, that's really cool. I didn't think you were going to say him. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is I I don't really look up to, I don't know, like athletes or Mm -hmm. other attorneys. Like, there is one attorney I work with who, you know, he's such a go-getter and a bulldog, but as much as I respect him, I also don't fully agree with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so there's times where I think it's too aggressive. And, you know, I've made friends with different defense attorneys who... I ask him questions like, hey, you know, this case, when we went to do this, what would you have actually given us if we made our numbers a little lower? Like, oh, like 750000 Good. You know, sometimes I just want it in writing. Mm-hmm. Like, we went into a mediation, and we were coming out way too aggressive. And since I brought in a different firm to work on it, um, I had to take kind of a step back. And so I'm listening to the mediation, and I'm like, see, this is the difference between an attorney and a businessman. I'm not going to come in guns blazing knowing my case is worth $5 million and demand three. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, the current offer is 90. I just want on paper to make my client happy to show them we got the number up. Mm-hmm. My recommendation was it was only a $1 million policy. Recommend 1 million. Start from there. And the defense attorney later told me when we finished the case, if you started at $1 million, I would have maxed out at seven fifty. But instead, he maxed out at 125000 The case mm-hmm. later settled for a million. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where it's like, even looking up to attorneys doesn't always make sense. Because right. they might do things that you 100% agree, disagree with, and you're 10, 20 years younger than them. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. I don't think I have a lot. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I'm very similar to that. I don't think, like, you've asked me that question before, too. Like, who are your icons? And I I, I have a very hard time answering that because there are people that I, like, might look up to in certain areas or, like, oh, that's really cool. That inspires me. Or um, it could be, like, oh, I that's something that I might want to accomplish when I'm, you know, later on. But <coughs> I don't have icons really so i, I think there's a, to, a lot of yeah. people like there's a collective of people that inspire me or that i look up to in some way but there's no like one or two per people that so are you like when you guys think that way are you guys consciously taking these things then because that's what i'm trying to figure out is where does the drive come from i think right? so is, and i take bits and pieces from multiple people mm-hmm. and in multiple areas yeah yeah yeah, I could go with that. And that's the thing, too, is like you're taking bits and pieces. But do you not like remember like, oh, I got this from this attorney. No, right? I don't remember. I got this from here I don't either. Oh, that's so... if it's something very specific, maybe. But in general, I, it, it's more of a general thing for me. I do think. you guys seek it? Like, are you looking for it? No, Oh, I don't either. Hmm. Because you know what it is? It's like, what am I looking for? Mm-hmm. Am I looking for the person or am I looking to finish the task? 
Yeah. You know, so I guess like the funny thing is, I guess my icon would be me. Mm. <laughs> no, I like, like I had somebody ask me something similar. Well, they didn't ask me this, but I remember years ago, I went ice skating with a group of friends. And so while we're on the rink and we're doing all this stuff, one of my friends looks at me and she looks at my girlfriend at the time and she was like, watch this. And so I didn't hear that part, but my girlfriend tells me later, she's like, Hey, Ari, I bet you can't do brain surgery. And I was like, why? <laughs> you know, cause my yeah. thing is, is like the only limitations you make are the limitations you create yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm a victim of this too. Like I have friends who'll be like, bro, stop fucking calling me. You know what the fuck you're doing? You mm-hmm. know, but sometimes you want that reassurance. Um, but yeah, there's like, I don't know. Like I, I forget everything. Mm-hmm. Like I can't tell you what I did yesterday but I can tell you song lyrics from 20 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I, um, I hear something or I see something and then it just sticks with me, but then it just kind of gets in my brain with everything else that's in my brain. And mm-hmm. then it's not like a, you you can be like, Oh, well, where'd you get that from? I'll be like, I don't know. It could be from a movie. It could be from a song. It could be from some interview I saw. It could be from a podcast. I don't, I can't pinpoint exactly where that information came from. I just know that it stuck with me. You know, it's funny because there's a song lyric and I can't identify the song. And I don't know if I'm even saying the lyric correctly, which is why I can't remember who it is and what it was. But it's such a basic sentence. And the guy says something like, life ain't living if you're not living. And, or like, you're not live something like that, but mm. it, it's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, I can choose to be on the couch and do absolutely nothing and claim that I'm living my life or I can go outside and live. Like it's all perspective. It's subjective. Right. Yeah. But that lyric had always stuck with me and it made me go, okay, you're literally going to die one day. Do you want to die on your couch or do you want to dive, die while, uh, you know, chasing a shark at Catalina. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so if I'm a die, it better be cool. I don't want to do none of this. I'm sleeping and I died in my deathbed shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Mug me something. <laughs> I got some, a, a cool question for you. So basically this month of October, I was facing like my first termination on the mm. contract that I'm under. Right. Mm-hmm. Got the job, coasted a little bit, was working, you know, 30, whatever. You, I was working jet ski to Catalina, working mm-hmm. another side job, right? Going through school, paying for school, paying the bills, right? Under a lot of stress. Finally get this job. I was like, oh, cool. I can chill for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. With the knowledge that I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to beast up here in a couple months, right? No one told me that I had to hit a certain level of commission before they were just going to cut my contract, right? Because I was really? on a training. Yeah, I was on like a, a training contract. They're paying me enough money to pay our bills. We're hanging out. We're, you know, planning vacations, stuff like that. So anyways, they said, hey, like you got to make X amount of commission over your first three months or else, you know, we're going to terminate you. Two months go by. The last month comes. My manager's like, hey, this is the situation you're in. I was like, oh, I wish someone would have. The last like three weeks. Okay, sorry. Last three weeks. I was like, oh, I wish someone would have told me this and been a little bit more clear maybe. That's one of the highlights that I would have like probably taken into account, right? So anyways, it's that's one of the struggles that we've recently gone through. When I made my commission, it was totally fine, made the sales that we needed, helped the people that I needed to help, mm-hmm. but I want to hear 
that that's sort of one of the trials of my young career that's like, oh shit, I almost got terminated, mm -hmm. right? All my mentors, all the guys that are really successful in the space that we're at, they go through things like that. So that doesn't necessarily worry me mm -hmm. because obviously I have that in my back pocket of like, hey, tell me what's going on, blah, 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 things like that. They're like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. But that's kind of fucked up that no one told you that. But mm -hmm. you know, you learn, you live and you learn. You're a young guy, you'll get better down the road, right? What are some of your like kind of big... I don't want to use the word like failures, but like uh-oh moments maybe to where you were like, oh yeah, this really made me evolve and grow because I had to. So there's a case I'm working right now that the attorney has been such a pain in my ass and I respect him for it. Can't stand the guy. I think he's an idiot, <laughs> but I respect him for it. And it's because he's so technical that it's made me have to sharpen my skills. And something I was actually telling my business partner the other day, I said, maybe I made the mistake of posting our success. Mm. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because now they're hiring these defense firms that are not pushovers, that are putting me to so much work. And... It sucks. Like I have to sharpen my skills, but that's just the growing pain for now. Eventually, I'm gonna look at it and be like, "Yeah, fuck off." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But for now, I'm like, "Ugh, I have to do this. I have mm -hmm. to I have to confer with this person. Am I doing this right? Am I doing that wrong?" So there's a lot of things that happen in between because I've never worked for anybody. Mm -hmm. So like I have to just kind of pick up and go, and then hopefully I have people I can confide in and be like, "Hey, how would you handle this situation?" Without you know asking them so much that it pisses them off. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean that shit happens. Um, but that sucks that they didn't tell you, uh, up front yeah. that this is the, I mean, you're also in a probationary period, so they can fire you for whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Like you say like, Hey, my favorite color is blue and eh, wrong answer. Yeah. The boss's favorite <laughs> color is red. Definitely. Yeah. I think the cool part though is like I said, is just like you're talking about brain surgery. Like you really can't do anything. I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. Fucking fire me. That's all right. Like go down the street and go to the competitor. Like I'll start my own thing eventually. Like it's the mindset is really important. And I think it's so special that we're so like young laying this foundation that we're trying to lay with the show, with the things like that, that we really get to do kind of what we want to do and what we're interested. Yeah. I get to talk to the people that I want to talk to like you and just pick your brain for, you know, an hour or two that it's super cool. Is this something that like maybe you would have done 20 years ago, right? Like, what do God, you think? If I can go back 20 years, the first thing I would say is take a hundred bucks and buy Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was seven cents. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of days where I legit say to myself, like, man, I wish I can go back 20 years and just be like, bro, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, don't get lazy because I gave you the secret, mm -hmm. but you know, you're going to struggle. It's going to suck. But eventually you're going to be like, I'm out of California. You know, you, I've owned a supercar, mm -hmm. you know, I bought the F-150 Lightning and one of my friends was like, oh, you rich, rich. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm just smart with how I allocate <laughs> my funds. Uh -huh. um, you know, this house like that we're in right now, if this was in Orange County, this would probably be a $2 million house, mm -hmm. you know? And I get to say that I made the shortcut to get one mm. yeah. by going out of state. So, I mean... There's so much that holds us back. It's just about kind of breaking through the noise and stop listening to people and listen to yourself and just do what you want. Um, makes things easier. But I like know. that. Have you ever struggled with um, 
other people's judgment or 100%. what they're going to say and I'm think. Persian. Yeah. I'm, I'm Persian. Mm. We struggle all the time yeah. with that. We take what our parents say very seriously and we try to pretend that we don't. Mm. But like there's been, yeah, I mean, the judgment is real. Yeah. Like even in our own industry as attorneys, like one of the reasons why I don't like it is because there's a lot of competition. Everybody's always trying to one up each other. Right. That's why I kind of don't want to know what, I'm going through. Yeah. You know, like I don't want people to know and be like, Oh, well he did this. Well, I did that. Mm. Like, fuck, like, dude, I'm not in competition with you. You don't give me cases. I don't give you cases. You have your own set of clients. I have my own set of clients. Like fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when it comes to like judgment today, not really mm. like it leaving California was something that really helped me avoid caring about what other people think. Mm-hmm. Um, like, do I care about their opinions if I ask for it? hundred percent. But if it's unsolicited, you know, it's gotta be good advice mm-hmm. and everybody's situation is different. So like I can't get advice on how to run a business by an employee, mm-hmm. you know, unless that employee works for me and is like, bro, you know what would make this place mm-hmm. better? And like, okay, yeah, let me listen because it actually might right. bring me something. But you know, like for example, I've made a lot of transactions between selling houses, selling cars. Like my friends make fun of me all the time because I sell my car every five months. <laughs> and, um, but the thing is, is in Nevada, when you trade your car in, you get a huge break on sales tax where in California, yeah. you just have to keep paying sales tax. Mm. So for me, it's horrible. It's like being in a candy store. Like, wait a minute, I can trade this car today <laughs> and have that one tomorrow and I don't pay sales tax. Yeah. Like this car I got from CarMax, I got it for 45, like three, four months ago. They appraised it a few days ago for 46. Mm. Like, yeah. hell yeah, I'm going to trade it right. and I'm going to get something cheaper and get my money back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like that. What were some of your favorite cars growing up? So I've always been a fan of two doors, like okay. two door mm-hmm. convertibles. Um, I've loved the SLs from Mercedes. I've loved the Z4. Mm-hmm. And then I drove them and I hated them. <laughs> um, you know, I looked at the Corvettes from like the C6s and C7s. I hated the way they drive, but I love the C8. Mm-hmm. I used to like Ferrari, but now when I look at it, I'm like, the interior is ugly. Mm. I don't give two shits about Tesla. Uh-huh. I think it's a great stock to own, but the interior of the Tesla is super flimsy. Um, now for me, I don't know. Like there are still cars I look at. Like there's like the Jaguar F type R that I really like, but I'm so committed right now to the, to the Corvette C8. It's a, it's one, of, I think it's the best body. It might be like the is best it, body stuff. Is it SUV? No, no, no. it's the two door, uh, Corvette that looks like a Ferrari. Oh. It's, it's the, the one... Ferrari, they would Ooh. say. Ferrari. <laughs> uh, the engines in the middle, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's the new one that looks more futuristic. Wow. We've seen a... Yeah. Cause like Ferrari and Corvette have always been in competition. Mm-hmm. And so now Ferrari <coughs> or not Ferrari, Corvette literally gave them the bird by creating this med engine car, which I think was long overdue. But I had that car for a year and I would find reasons to be outside to drive it. I was like, oh, got to go to the grocery store. (laughs) Oh, got to get gas. (laughs) You know, like I have a full tank, but it needs a gallon more. You know, like I love that car. I'm going to get it again. I just, I'm always very, I shuffle my money. Like, okay, right now I'm allocating this for that. Like I wanted to get this house. So I was like, I'm not going to have a $1,600 Corvette payment and a $1,500, you know, F-150 lightning payment. Like that's. 32 grand, right? <laughs> 3,200 a month. Right. You know? So like, I don't need that. And so now that I got this house, I'm like, okay, now I got to be practical. Gas prices are even bad in Nevada. So I have my electric Mach-E 
and then I have my expedition that's about to convert to an F-150. Perfect. Yeah. So once I have, and like one is paid off, the other isn't, once the Mach-E is paid off, then I'm going to be like, all right, cool, time to save like 50 grand mm-hmm. and then go get another Corvette. Oh, oh that's fun. cool. Yeah. I really like that she loves big body vehicles. Mm-hmm. She well, she's loves... got a big body man right here yeah. too. You know what I'm saying? But the thing, you know, <laughs> I've <laughs> always loved the Broncos, the uh, trucks. You know, the mm-hmm. four, I'm a big Ram guy. Grew up in the back of a 07 1500. You mm-hmm. know, just I I need a truck. It's I don't have a truck now. It broke down. Now we're in a Ford Fusion. But the second we can get another truck, it's just like. Going up to PV and just popping the tailgate and watching the sunset, that's mm. like the most valuable thing yeah. that I think I could have. Putting Kino in a back seat is the worst thing ever. I'm taking fire, I'm putting lightning, and I'm literally trying to bottle it. Yeah. Putting that animal in the back seat and driving, he needs to Doesn't be work. in the back of the truck just so I don't see him, I don't hear him, and he's just good. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, it's just old American muscle cars, too. I like the classics. Yeah. If uh, there's. There's something about owning a classic car that's so much more boss than it's like having a, museum. a C8. It's like a museum, like a classic Corvette too. You you seem like a Corvette guy. You should get an old vet. You ever think about that? You know what? I have, but my thing is like, I'm a little bougie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get that. I, I hate the interior. It's so yeah. old. I'm like, where's the Apple CarPlay? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the best. My my truck, right, was a Crank modern truck. Windows. It wasn't. I was cranking them windows. No tight radio. AC didn't. No backup work, camera. Right? No sensors. No nothing. But like, how, mm-hmm. I would love, for example, to get the body of an old Corvette mm-hmm. and go to like West Coast Customs oh, and be geez. like, pimp my ride, baby. No, yeah. no. You want to be a player. Uh, you Put gotta, your wheels in fresh. If you're going to commit, you got to commit. All right? I'll, I mean, look, you know, it's 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 got to be like a person. It's got to be beautiful inside and out. Yeah. There you go. I, like I can that. appreciate the look of an old car. Yeah. I am not driving it. Mm-hmm. I need it to function properly. I don't want, I don't want there being any issues. Yeah. I need regular windows. I need their eight, AC needs to be in there. Yeah. Um, so I like to look like I'll go to like car shows and like look at them, but I, I want something modern. That's why we need that Ram TRX. We rented a sixties Mustang for our friend's birthday and we just drove it around town for a few hours. And let me tell you, not having power steering. Oh man. (laughs) I was like, dude, I'm gonna get some biceps after this. Like, damn. Yeah. But fortunately the faster you go, the easier it is. Okay. But like, yeah, these are the little things that I'm like, I love it. It's timeless. It's classic. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a little bougie. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love the Range Rover. Oh, um, I've had two of those. I want, I I used to love, love, love the Range Rover because all the shows that I grew up watching, we had like, it's kind of like the Real Housewives yeah. that we have out here, but it's the Swedish Housewives. Sure. Um, that live out here. Um, they all drove Range Rovers. It's your American it's dream. It's my American yeah, dream owning a Range Rover. It's switched <laughs> now though to the G Wagon. And I also love that Mercedes SUV. The, which um, one? The is, what is it, it electric? Called? No, it's what is it called? The uh, GLE. The one that looks like a beetle. Yeah. Oh, the GLE. Yeah. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, I like My that parents one. Have that. Yeah, but I want like I you like smaller like fast mm-hmm. shit. 
I, I like the bigger, like, And the thing is, guys, is I just can't appreciate what you guys are appreciating. So when you're talking about an interior, when you're talking about, like, oh, air-conditioned or, like, basic necessities, yeah. I just don't need it. I'm like, roll the window down. We're good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those things. I'm, yeah. I'm a little more rough and rugged. Like, I don't care about mm-hmm. the interior. There doesn't even need to be seats in it. Like, put <laughs> beach chairs and some tie-downs and, like, we're good to mm-hmm. roll. So check this out. My friends literally asked me this few weeks ago uh-huh. because I was like, hey, look, I got another I got another car. <laughs> They're like, how many cars have you owned? Uh-huh. And my first car I've had when I was 17. Here's the list. Oh, this is good. Mitsubishi Galant, 2007 Ford Mustang V6, Nissan 350Z Roadster, Mercedes SLK 250, Honda Pilot, 2015 Range Rover Sport, 2017 Range Rover Sport, 2019 Mustang EcoBoost, 2017 Ford Expedition, uh, 2021 Corvette C8, Jeep Grand Cherokee L, 2020 Ford Expedition, 2022 F-150 Lightning, Ford Mustang Mach-E, Cadillac ATS. Then my wife said, I feel like you're missing some cars. I'm like, that's true. Mercedes GLS, Toyota 4Runner, Jaguar (laughs) I-Pace, and now soon another F-150. Wow. Like, when I listed it and then I forgot about the other ones, I was at 15 cars. I've had almost 20 cars since I was 17. So like maybe almost 20 years. Wow. Why'd you trade the forerunner in? You buy the forerunner to last for 40 years. Bro, the interior was shit. You and these interiors. Look, the interior matters. (laughs) It matters. Because look, I mean, here's the thing. When I was looking at my C8, I'm like, oh yeah, that baby's sexy. That interior is But then when I got inside, I'm like, "Mm." now with the forerunner, like you get inside, you're like, yeah, dude, this is rugged as fuck. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you spend 90% of your time inside the car, the other 10% mm-hmm. appreciating the car. So when I'm in there, like, man, I'm 35 years old. I work a lot. My back hurts. You know, like, <laughs> I want something comfortable. Like, if I'm going to be driving from Vegas to California or soon going out to, like, Arizona and Utah to go do ATVing and stuff uh-huh. like that, I want that ride to be smooth. It needs to be comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I get that. I understand that. Well, if I start feeling like how you're feeling, maybe I'll care about the interior. A oh, dude. More, but these new Dodges, like, I my opinion on Dodge. My apologies here. Mm-hmm. I feel like the name tells you what to do. Stay away from it. Dodge. <laughs> Dodge. I love the new Rams. The Rams. Oh, that TRX is. It's a bad boy. That's like the one truck, the only modern truck that I want. But I just like the third gen body style. That's, and you know what's really amazing about it? The interior, the there Apple CarPlay. Oh yeah, of the new trucks. <laughs> there yeah, there you go. I sing. We'll just sing. That's what we'll do. Mm, but no. no, that's super cool. But I think as we're kind of closing out this episode, of this podcast, I usually like to finish off with maybe two main questions. Sure. And then we'll try to land the plane. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about specifically that we didn't get around to on this episode? Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, okay. I came in blind. Perfect. I like that. Sounds good. I like that. Yeah. Just like to give people the opportunity. If not, yeah. what are your thoughts? No, I think it was awesome. It was, I, I love the episodes that just feel very natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you're a natural talker and you like to talk and you feel comfortable talking and that's honestly the best ones. Yeah. They're the best guests. Like you don't have to force anything out of you. Like it's very, we're only doing episodes like this from now for on. Sure. Luckily we have enough like name flow <laughs> and the show's off the ground to where like, when someone comes on and just answers questions, it's like, yeah. well, all right, like, where's... 10 minutes, yeah, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. Wait, where's the, no, 15 minutes is enough time. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why my wife was like, bro, 
you're going to have to let them leave eventually. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll definitely come hostage. back too. Yeah, you yeah. know where I live. Yeah. yeah. Scoot on by. For now until what, six months from now? <laughs> yeah. No, I think this time, you know, I'm going to be grounded here in Inspirata. The land is is valuable out yeah. here. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's and awesome then spot. the other last thing that we like to ask is who are maybe like two to three people? They can be in Vegas. They can be in SoCal. It doesn't matter. They can be out of the country that you would like to see on this show. Maybe we can get in contact with and maybe either have them come over to us in SoCal or meet up. But people that you think would be really energetic and has a good message for the people. Gosh, I don't know. See, I roll in such a small circle mm-hmm. and I try not to network. Mm-hmm. Because then I just feel pressured to go every certain direction, every single way. And I just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to have to think about it and get back to you. Yeah, yeah for nope. sure. Yeah, that's totally cool. Well, I mean, if my dog Bailey could talk, she'd probably be oh like, okay, she's already in the episode, right? Let's finish on dogs, though. Is sure. I really like you. It's a, it matches your personality. And that's the best thing about dogs is that there's a dog out there for everybody. That's how I paid for college training and walking dogs mm-hmm. up until I got the jet skiing sure. gig. And then I was like, fuck dogs. Let's just do this. <laughs> and then my body started to get breaking down. And I was like, could you imagine doing that every single day, like the entire summer? Could you do it? I would love to. I actually almost because of jet ski to Catalina, almost bought a jet ski. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. But it was one of those things where I was like, you love it when you buy it. You love it when you get rid of it. So mm-hmm. I'm transitioning to 18. Mm. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. So I think next month I'm going to get two ATVs. Cool. Oh, that'd be good. So. It's perfect in the desert too. Yeah, dude. And we got like a hundred trails back behind my house. Nice. Really? So like I was told by the, you know, the salesman who's trying to sell me a product. He's like, oh, you're an Inspirata. He's like, let me show you this map. He opened up the map of all the trails. He's like, it would take at least one year to ride every single no one way. of those trails. Oh, that's wow. fun. And so he was showing me like these like little bars and stuff in the middle of the desert mm. that like people with their ATVs and motorcycles will go to. Where, oh, so that's why you're getting the truck too. So yeah, because be I can haul it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And it's funny because the main, going back to the dogs, the main <laughs> reason I'm getting the truck is because of Bailey. <laughs> you know, putting the bed in her dog bed in the back seat yeah. and kicking the chairs up. She literally, when we had the lightning, she would just sleep there, not Aww. move. But now in the expedition, she's kind of like, yo, I'm a little elevated. She's kind of shaky out yeah. here. You know, I don't like it. But, um, you know, it's funny. My wife and I, we talk about the dogs all the time and how like the personalities match. You know, Bailey's very happy-go-lucky. I'm very happy-go-lucky. Mm-hmm. Benji's a little shithead. <laughs> and I can be a little shithead, too. Like, she she tells me, she's like, he is your evil side. Aww. Like, the moments where you're being manipulative. You see him or over there, babe? He's, like, behind the pillow. Like, <laughs> hey, don't be looking over here. Yeah, right? he's like, I was just waiting for me to be done. Yeah. Um, but realistically, like, he has, like, this ability to get away with things. Mm-hmm. And I do, too. So a mover and a shaker, huh? You know what it is? It's like my dad taught me this a long time ago. He's like, if you're gonna talk shit, laugh about it. Mm. Because then the person you're laughing at doesn't know if you're laughing with them, at them, if you're joking, not joking. It's like, imagine I'm looking at him like, bro, you're such a fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, is this guy joking or is he really calling me an asshole? And so I've tried that in certain scenarios and it works. It's amazing. And so I feel like Benji has that personality too. 
<laughs> like I that. I see that. So. And, you know, Kino is just, he's an accident. We picked him up on the Mexican border. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't planned out at all. We got him. I, the thing is, is, I didn't. They say do your research. You can't do your research with that one. There's no frame of reference. Like Maybe that's why he doesn't like the car. No more locked doors. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's it. He's Mexican. Like That's what we tell him. He's, he's our Kino boy, right? But, like, he really does match my energy so much. He just does. elevates it, but it's such a big work on you. And like, well, because I got you, and you're already a lot to deal with. And mm-hmm. we have him, and he's like two times what you are. Yeah. And then, so now I got three. Yeah. Used to deal with. Yeah, it's a the lot. thing is, is like Kino will fight somebody for me. Like he's a good dog, mm-hmm. but he like will die for Hannah. Like mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, no, today's the day. That's fine. Three, four, five guys. Let's bring him here. Like line them up. Let's start going. Mm-hmm. Like there, the switch doesn't go off. He's just ready mm-hmm. to. He's just there. He's in his sleep. When he's unconscious, he's fighting people. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's just you look at him sleeping and you're like, oh, he's at war right now. Like mm-hmm. we don't know what he's doing, but he's kicking somebody's ass and like. We he's just ready him. to go. I mean, yeah. he's a Malinois. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Am I, I even pronouncing him. that correctly? Melanois. Melanois. Yeah, so Belgian, so Belgian Melanois. I'm going to think melons and me. Melanois. <laughs> there, there you go. go. I like yeah. that. Melanois. And the difference is just like, I, I'm good with dogs. Everybody's dog is cool. If I gave you the keys to my sports car, you'd be able to drive it. But if I gave you the keys to my plane, you'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? He really yeah. is that. He's not a German Shepherd. He's so different. He's so different from any yeah, other dog. he's a German dog. Shepherd so on weird. crack. And he really just like, he just calculates. He's like a little AI dog. He's just Me and my coworkers keep talking about him because, I mean, I love him to death. Like mm-hmm. he, his, he's our baby. And our my coworkers like really like him too because he's he's still cute but he's crazy yeah um and we just keep talking about like he is not from this planet like he he's literally like he he judges <laughs> yeah. you to the point where you're like oh shit like I maybe I should go like yeah he he judges you he watches everything that you do uh he's yeah he's but he's just in there he's just looking business. for weaknesses he just yeah. looks you in the eyes and he's like okay yeah all right under six feet yeah all right. You know, under 200. All right. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, dog, <laughs> I identify as six foot five. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, we're, well, we're about to see here in about 10 minutes. If you don't get out of here. Show you me some what? ID. <laughs> I crazy. probably shouldn't go this direction, but that's something that I don't respect at all. What? The distortion of reality. Mm. Like, I just, the older I get, the more I feel like I'm Red Foreman. My foot, your ass. <laughs> and it's just, when I see people right now just distorting reality, like, I don't care if, like, if it's a gender thing. Do whatever you want to do. Just don't harm people in the process. But mm-hmm. it's interesting. I heard this quote today where they said, you want us to identify your reality, but you refuse to identify our reality. Mm-hmm. And so it's very double-sided. Yeah. And when I'm and I'm starting to hear, and I'm sure you can maybe relate to this a tiny bit, too, because we're both a little bit of go-getters. Like, when I hear people saying things like, I don't know, like I have audio distortion issues or like I can't go to an office, I can't work because I identify as like a rich person even though I'm broke. Uh. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Like, How much therapy do you guys need? Yeah. So that's the one thing that really bugs me. But other than that... I could see, I I get that, yeah. I get that too. And or also when people... Like when you post your successes, let's say, work-wise or car-wise or home-wise, whatever you got going on, and people don't look at that with anything other than 100% positivity, 
I don't understand that. Like, I get it. Like, I mean, people always want to have what they don't have, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I hit a point where I was excited to post this stuff because I'm like, oh my God, I got my dream car or this happened or that happened. But now, you know, on one hand, I don't want to make somebody else feel bad. And that's something mm. that somebody once told me. They said, don't feel bad about feeling good. Yeah. You know, right. so I started posting this stuff, but now on a professional level, I'm regretting it mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, what if these defense attorneys are seeing my settlements? What if they're seeing their, the, my lifestyle, my car, my house, yeah. all that? And they go, okay, we got to work a little bit harder because mm-hmm. this motherfucker wants money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now I'm like, crap, catch 22. You know, what was a cool one recently though, is Dion Sanders with the, you know, Colorado team and stuff. And he was like, don't let my confidence trigger your insecurity. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. like that. And I thought... And he's got a lot of quotes out there, but that was a really good one. Mm. No, it's it's a great one. I mean, I remember years ago when I was still trying to like kind of level out my personality and kind of like have like a set tone. I remember I was getting reprimanded by a manager at Disney and I was very vocal. Mm. I was very like, nah, don't tell me what to do. Mm. I, I know more than you. You're an idiot. I'm not. And the person was basically telling me some stuff that I won't really repeat, but once she finished saying what she said, I stayed quiet. And this is where I learned the power of silence. Mm-hmm. And so like when she's saying this stuff, I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, okay. And she's like, are you good? Like, do you have anything you want to say? I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you finish speaking? And she's like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, the polite thing to do is for me not to interrupt you. Right. And then she's like, okay, well, I just want to know, like, how do you feel about everything I said? I'm like, well, it's not relevant. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, is it gonna, if I say anything, is it going to change your mind? She's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, then let me sign this paper and fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it throws people off when you, when you just, instead of trying to fight, I think that's something that you've been working on. Just like, just mm-hmm. letting it go. Just yeah. leaving it. Like it, it throws people off because they expect a reaction out of you. They expect you to say something. Mm-hmm. And when you don't give them that, they're like, pisses them well, off. What the hell? Like, yeah. no, it's like what dating. Are you doing? Yeah. It's just like dating. Yeah. Like I heard this, uh, the, this friend of mine once she told me this and I was like, what a simp. Um, <laughs> she was like, yeah, I have guys coming to my house crying. Like, how come you don't want to be with me? And I was like, that's such a beta move. Mm-hmm. Like the alpha would be like smart about it and say, first off, okay, that's cool. I don't, right. You don't want to be with me. I'm fuck off. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll move on. Because then it, even if that girl's not interested, maybe 50% of the time, maybe less, maybe more. I don't know. The girl's going to be like, but why aren't you interested? Mm-hmm. Change the game. <laughs> like it's, it's, it works in dating. It works in business. It works in everything. Like the moment you show you don't care and you can't be phased, eventually they give up. Mm-hmm. So that's why the power of silence I think is so important that, and this is some useful advice has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. <laughs> this is some useful advice. Um, I disagree with it to some extent, but I agree with it to protect myself guys are a bunch of pussies. Hmm. I'm a pussy too, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of pussies out there. Anytime a guy comes up to you and they're like, they want to fight you or whatever, what's the first thing they do? They come up and they push you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let him walk up, use his momentum coming to you and deck him. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to push. He's not here to punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, game over. Yeah. But at the same time, as an attorney, I would say, let them hit you first. There you go. Okay. That's smart. So that way now you're defending yourself. That's smart. Like, oh, sm- I got this big old smack and bruise on my face, but now I'm going to win the fight. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. I so. like that. Right. I like That's that. good, good uh, lawyer advice. Yeah. You That's know. always yeah. fun. Yeah. I like your videos too. Those are like the... Um, God, I haven't made any in a long time. Yeah. Keep make make more. <laughs> Bro, I don't have time. Like sometimes like... 
like doing something like this, I was like, all right, I'm going to mentally prepare not to do much today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like, then there's days where something pops up and I'm like, oh, I should make a video about this. Then I'm like, yeah, it's going to take like four hours mm. Yeah. between editing, cutting it. And my thing is I don't want to edit. I don't want to sit behind a computer and fix it. So for me, I'm like, if I can't take it in one shot, mm -hmm. it ain't happening. Mm. Yeah. One long video with no transitions, nothing to keep the ADHD brain mm. entertained. <laughs> you know? But the thing is, is like it worked out though, because I had a lot of people tell me like, oh my God, you haven't made videos in a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or like I did make one video and people were like, dude, I haven't seen you on my timeline in like the longest time. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah, just find me in the stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and like I just... Like, it, it, it's cool how natural you are on the camera though. Like a lot of your videos are very... It, it, there's a, a factor behind it that isn't really taught like that. Like it's very raw and authentic. You know I what mean, it is? It's called being an attention whore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like that. This face was not made for radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, but it's like the talent you've developed with all the videos you put out is like, you know, they were very stiff in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And kind of a little hunky jerky. And then now it's exactly like we're sitting there in a room and even the show, right? We were awkward in the beginning, but now you're, probably episode like 88 or 90 or something like that and we love what we do like yeah i think people underestimate too that what it takes to actually make content whether it's yeah. a podcast or a video or whatever it is it's not just filming it or recording it and that's it you have to edit it and then you gotta look through it one more time and maybe three times and like it takes so much and time. look at the sound equipment you guys yeah. have you got like three legit mics you got like this little mixer which i don't know mm -hmm. what it is but mm -hmm. you know you know it'd be a really cool job though mm. being a critic mm. like i've had friends send me videos of like lawyer advertisements and they're just so cringy <laughs> yeah like have you been involved in a car accident oh my god those are the <laughs> abogado siete 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 <laughs> Like, and then there's some who are more our age who make the funniest content. Yeah. Like there's this guy in Texas, I think he calls himself like the law hawk. And so you like, you hear this hawk in the background constantly <laughs> shrieking and he's just so out of this world. Like when I see that, I'm like, I want to give this person an opportunity as opposed to like these total dorks going behind the camera being like, you know, the negligence of one party <laughs> causing you to get into an accident is not good for you. Like, call the law office of Dewey, screw them, and how, you know? Like, I just, I hate those. It's like the big billboards that you see when you're driving, like, from Cali to here. Oh, yeah. You see all these big, like, call Dave or call this, and I'm like, what the fuck? For what? Yeah. You know, like for a good time. And it's or a what? creepy picture too. I'm like, if I get in an accident, I'm not calling you. Yeah. Like the supermodel guys <laughs> over here, like I'm not going to name some names, but like there are some commercials that I've seen where I'm like, bro, you're a personal injury attorney. You're not fucking like the United Nations solving <laughs> world hunger. Like get the fuck over yourself. Like fucking bitch. <laughs> you don't want a big billboard of your face? Not really. To me, I feel like it's a sellout. Mm. Um, only because I'm in the inside. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. like firms like that, I'm not saying they're bad. They're actually really good attorneys. They're amazing attorneys. But they cherry pick their cases, you know, because they have crazy overhead. They cannot afford to take smaller cases. Mm. And for me, our bread and butter is really the small cases to medium size. And then maybe we'll have like within like two, three years, 10 big cases. Whereas those guys have like a hundred big cases. Like those guys are multimillionaires. Don't, don't get me wrong. But 
we've had clients go to those billboard attorneys and be like, hey, I, I threw my case at them and they said, your case is too small for me. And then I'm like, well, I'd rather take a hundred small cases and have a good life mm-hmm. as opposed to 10 really big cases mm-hmm. that take four or five years to settle. Right. So like, you know, my business partner and I, we talked about it one day, like, let's say the case is a, in California, the minimum policy you can have is 15,000. So if it's a $15,000 policy, the attorney makes one third if you settle it without litigation. Okay. So that's five grand. Now I have a hundred of those. It's 500 grand. Right. <laughs> right. You know, and so between two people, that's 250,000. So there's working hard on those 10 big cases and trying to make a big name for yourself, or there's working smart and having a work life balance. Mm. And so for us, he's got kids, you know, I have my wife, I have my dogs, I have my mental health. Yeah. I want to have a good life. Like, I don't want to be constantly stressing. So, you know, then if we can scale a hundred cases a year of those, which it's very easy to do and we do do it, you know, it's, it's a really good life. And then if I close a case for like one mil or more, hell, it's amazing. Like if we close you know, a $1 million case and it could range anywhere from 33% to 44%, depending on the stage. Like I'll gladly take one case and get like a $300,000 check and then split it for a buck 50 each. And then we have our other hundred cases that Mm -hmm. are super small that are just making us 250 grand per person. Right. So it's a, it's a great way to live. Um, but I, we just don't want employees. Mm. Like we don't want to have employees. We don't want crazy overhead. So we manage everything on our own and then we'll outsource to like paralegals or, you know, specialists for certain things and then just make that the cost of business. That's awesome. So the billboards, it just brings in too much work. Yeah. And <laughs> that's really cool though. I appreciate you having us on. And like I said, Hey, this has been natural thoughts and talks. Thanks for you guys for listening to a great episode and we appreciate you having on. Hopefully you'll be back on again soon. Yeah, yeah just let me know. And it's kind of funny. Natural, right? We're in Vegas. Nothing's natural. No, right? <laughs> that's right. That's From right. Vegas, yeah. right? All right, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. All righty, we are back with the Digest. The Digest. Digest. The Digest. Can make a little song for it? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. You want to sing it? Uh, no, thank you. My feet are abnormally black today. Do you see how dirty my feet are? Yeah. Why is are that? Are your sandals super dark? Like, are they super dirty? I don't know. Was I on the ground? I just have no idea. I have no clue. They're just like pretty embarrassingly dirty. That's why I wear house slippers. Do you want some house slippers? Maybe I just haven't showered in days. Oh, you haven't? No. I showered like t- a day or two ago. Oh, I was going to say. Wait a minute. Yesterday, I think I showered. But yeah. Yeah. I'll get a good nighttime one in. Good. Aria. Aria. Super nice guy. Thoughts? I I think it was funny because I, you had seen his, I hadn't really seen his Instagram before we were kind of like on our way there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to expect other than when you asked him if he wanted to be on the podcast, he was super like, fuck yeah, like let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of expecting someone that just was, you know, excited to be on, but I was still not too sure of like what it was going to happen, you know? Um, but I was like pleasantly surprised. I think it was really good. He was super fun, super inviting, uh, super casual, um, which I, I mean, I think we both really liked that cause it was, it felt very comfortable. Yeah. If you were in trouble with the law, would you give him a call? For sure. Yeah. It was cool. Cause he was just like really authentic, but really knowledgeable. Like too. he felt real, which mm-hmm. I feel like. I mean, you kind of brought that up on the episode too of like, he's not 
what you would think of if you're like, what does a stereotypical lawyer look like? He mm -hmm. is not the one. But I think that is a good thing because he's very personable and very like just human. And he seems like it's, I th also think like he, he acts as if he's not like above you just because oh, he's sure. a lawyer. You know what I mean? He's for very sure. like, oh no, we all shit. We all like drink water. Like we're all the same pretty much, even though I have a very high education and someone, some, maybe one of his clients or some, some other person doesn't have any education at all. Yep. He's like, we're all human. You know what I mean? And I like that. I like too that he was able to like not just with us break barriers though, mm. as far as that's the biggest thing I think in business and within the modern era is maybe back in the day you used to have to act really professional and really like oh yeah I'm the best or I'm the expert in the room things like that whereas I think the people who are really succeeding at the highest level just they're themselves mm. right they're really able to relate to you almost instantly. Right, and I think he's got a really great quality of yeah. that. Yeah, that loved his dogs. Mm, yeah. Bailey and Benji. Yeah, they really liked you a lot too. Yeah. Any any house or place I go into where there's dogs, I know it's gonna be a good day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, ugh, dogs. I liked how the dogs were like really groomed well too. Mm -hmm. That's always nice and like yeah. clean. Yeah. They didn't feel dirty. Yeah, you don't <laughs> like a dirty dog. That neighborhood was really nice too, though. Mm -hmm. Um, super like new modern house. Mm -hmm. Um. I, but it but it did feel like a home though you know it wasn't like it was like oh here's some concrete like a concrete block with two windows you I know see. you know it was actually very very modern and clean yet homey yeah my only thing is just you got to have water mm -hmm. like you have to have some sort of water like like an ocean or a lake of some sort or what are you no, talking about or like you gotta a pool? have like a pool oh, okay. jacuzzi something i don't know it, man when it gets hot out there it gets hot out there right? i can't do it I yeah. can't do Vegas. Mm -hmm. Can't do Vegas. Yeah, it's cool. But could you do Vegas if it was like you had misters and you had all the AC and everything? I think for a little bit. I Yeah. Like I think. So is it really that bad on you just going from your car to inside the restaurant or inside the store? But then like the car is hot as hell. I get it. You but know what I mean? Is that convenience and, really that big of a deal? And... If I'm out and about like that because it's so hot in outside and then all the rooms and the and the stores and everything else has AC when you ch when you're when you change that fast in temperature if I get it, it messes with your you get sick. Yeah, I get it. So, but it's I mean it's cool for a little bit. But I do think if there was like misters and AC, a good pool, like shade, I do think I'd be okay. Yeah. Actually, I do think like the cabana that we had when we were there in the summer, that was really nice. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. that it was shaded and you know everything else. So, yeah, something like that would be really cool. I like it. Yeah. Have you been feeling today? Uh, tired. What shows did you watch? I watched Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. We got caught up on Kardashians too. Kind of, yeah. And then I watched uh, what I watched Ninety Fiance. I watched a little bit of YouTube, and then me and Kina were kind of just. He was sleeping all day, honestly. Like, he was so relaxed. Because I was very relaxed, too. So I was just kind of sleeping a lot and stuff. He's kind of just tired, too, from his his Vegas weekend. Yeah. The house is bigger. He's got more shit to watch. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of There's up. people over. And then the whole car ride back home, he was up, too. So, mm -hmm. you know, it makes sense. But when it was, baby, it was scary driving today when it was windy. Mm -hmm. Like, we, it's always i mean especially during the winter time it's kind of always a little windy when we drive back from vegas but 
this time, babe, like my car, like coming down that hill. Yeah. Well, not that hill, but like, uh, cause I, we were going pretty slow down that big hill because there was traffic. So that was fine. But when I was driving, uh, kind of like on, on the freeway, it was, I was in the, in the far left lane. So then right next to me is like the gutter, you know, you can go in there. My, like the car took me almost like into the gutter. I was like, oh, really? oh my God, like I've had to really work hard to like stay in my lane. Um, cause it was so windy. I was like, oh, this is so, and I looked up cause I was like, what's going on? Like, is it that windy? I looked at the palm trees and the, the, they were like sideways. I was like, oh yeah, it is really windy out here. The bigger the car too, the more like wind pushes that car too. So if you're in like a van. Oh really? I thought it was opposite. Nope. If you're in a van, it's the more surface area. You uh, feel it more. So, so our car is not going to flip over. Oh, but a, never. But a big pickup truck or like a, a semi truck might pick. Oh, a semi truck sometimes tip tips. Yeah. Just oh, wow. I thought it was the opposite. If like a, the lighter the car, the phew, like no, a leaf. Because it's more aerodynamic and it's lower to the ground. Oh. So, yeah. Well, okay. Well, that makes me feel better. <laughs> but if it's a big semi with like, let's say it's only towing toilet paper or it's empty, it can tip over. Oh. There's been instances where that happens. That's scary. So, you'll see a lot of the guys literally just park onto the park. side of the freeway and then mm. just take a nap in their thing or yeah, whatever. Just figure wait. it out. Yeah. Pretty crazy, though. Did you take a good nap, though? In the car. Or? Yeah, it was yep. good. I'm proud mm-hmm. of you. You got that second kind of, we get to Barstow, switched off, and yeah. you made it back. It was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. I liked it. Good. I had, um, I have, I don't know if I've had Dutch Bros before, but it was good, actually. I thought you were going to say a Dutch oven. You know what a Dutch oven is? Isn't that when you fart and then you can go on the blanket? It is. Um, no, like Dutch Bros. Do you Bros. think it was invented Coffee. in, uh, where's Dutch at? Is that the Netherlands? Hold on now. Where are Dutch mm-hmm. people from? The mm-hmm. Netherlands? Ew. Um, do you yeah, think Dutch it has Bros? to do something with like Nazis? Uh, farting and putting people under? No, not farting, but like gas. What and do you Dutch people somewhere. have to do with Nazis? Cause it's by Germany. Yeah, but it's not Germany. No, but it's still the, um, you, you know, what's her name? Anne Frank. She was in Amsterdam. And Amsterdam she's not, is in she's the not in Germany. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Here, let's see here. So do you think that's what it's about? It got I don't pretty think dark so. Fast, yeah, but, but it's worth Googling, let's say. Where does Dutch oven come from? Come from. Let's see here. When Darby returned from the Netherlands, he set about working on his own version of the sand molding technology. Oh, no, apparently. That's probably, some, that's probably like an oven. Yeah, Dutch oven slang. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dutch oven based on a slang phrase describing the mechanics of the cooking pot of the same name. Oh, so I guess it's like a cooking pot. That's oh, what it is. Oh, it becomes hot. Yeah. Well, speaking of killing, though, okay. um, we killed these damn roaches. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had a roach problem up there by the bread. And I've always seen like maybe one or two, mm-hmm. but nothing crazy. But you lifted that pot and there was like 40 Gross. That was an infestation. Literally. So we got the raid. Shout out to raid. Honestly, if you want to sponsor us, go ahead. And I killed him. You know, just hit him with the whoosh, made like a cloud. And it takes like maybe five seconds for the roach to like flip out a little bit. And then why do they turn over and die? That's kind of weird, oh, huh? Oh, yeah. They were all flipped over. They huh? never just like die. Why do roaches turn over when they die? That's a good question. Because every one of them. Maybe because they're trying to like run away or like do something about it. And then right in the middle of it all, they're just like. Let's see. Why do roaches die? On their backs. Upside down. Let's see. With extra 
AH in the nervous system, the cockroach has muscular spasms, which often result in the cockroaches flipping on its back. Oh. Huh. And then it just here's a bunch of roaches on their back. That's interesting. I just got news that Yogurt Land right now, uh, I'm going to double check this right now, is doing buy one, get one free. Yogurt Land, buy one, get one free? Until when? Uh, well, Melissa just said, oh, yeah. Well, buy one, get one free, October 30th. That's today. We have Whoa. to go to Yogurt Land. Mm-hmm. Maybe really? not. Maybe next year. I think they close <laughs> at 9. They close at 10, but okay. But yeah, anyways, good good to know for next year or if anyone else out there wants to go. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But successful Vegas trip. Got yeah. some good interviews in. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think we, we did kind of a lot. We had the rodeo. Yeah. Had, and then we had the, the football game in Utah. And then Sunday was kind of more of a chill day. Yeah. We played dominoes. That was fun. Oh, yeah, we can talk about all that on the next episode. Yeah, so we'll but do, it like, was a, a good. Recap. It was a good little weekend, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a quick question before we close it out. Who mm-hmm. are some industries that you're interested in having on the show? I think food. Okay, so anything like good, high level food. Yeah, like food or like bakery, like where you actually make like you know solid cakes or Cupcakes, you know cakes, cinnamon like rolls, actual like you know stuff. Um. Probably like makeup slash makeup. beauty. Okay. Um, maybe construction, like building houses. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about a contractor, mm-hmm. like a somebody high level like that. Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, yeah, I think those are co- or interior design would be cool too. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool to have on. I like it. Yeah. Cool. I like those. Well, natural thoughts and talks. That's right. Catch you later. Bye. Bye.